Oh, I am fired up today, Ben. It is, it's Monday, and normally, you know, Mondays are Monday. Uh, they're, they're the start of the work week, which means we're a long way from getting back to where we all want to be, which is, uh, you know, obviously the weekend. But when you have games like this and series like this, uh, it's hard not to be fired up. And I'm fired up. The Mets are in town. And it wasn't that long ago when you had certain members of Met media out there declaring the NL East was over. It was done. Just give it to the Mets right now and let's quit playing. Well, Braves are a game and half out now. Say it. No, Wait say it with your chest, Kevin. <laughs> no, we're not going to say that real low. Like, no, Kevin, once again, Kevin, you've been watching a lot of baseball. I've been watching a lot of baseball. Now, Kevin, seemed like moons ago, it was 10 and a half games. Now, we weren't, now we weren't, let me say, we weren't talking with our chest out, 10 and a half games up. Yeah. Now, okay, all right. But then. No, I took the Tom Cruise approach. Well, on, 10 but, and a half games out, not going to do, do what you think I'm going to do. All right. But they got this thing called a month of June. And it happened, right? Month of July is going pretty good, It too. is. But the month of June was showing everybody, hey, man, we kept saying, what happens if the team gets on the road? And they got on the road. And they kept going, kept going. Now the, now the Cubs kind of brought a two up. Very, very small halt. And then we got back going again. I think what the, the, the Braves are doing now is, once again, do the Braves not look like they, they don't have fun when they're out there? They, they look like they're having fun. I mean, Austin Riley. I mean, you talk about, you know, listen, Acuna, if you dumb enough to give him something to hit, you deserve whatever you get, right? Matt Olson, Austin, I mean, I mean, listen, listen. At the end of the day, I mean, Dansby, Dansby, Mansby, come on, man. I mean, what what, what are we talking about here? And the, the pitching has been elite. I'm sorry, Strider, I'm going to take that loss. I, I, I was on the show talking stupid. I shouldn't have said anything. The Contreras brothers, I mean, they're going to get a chance to be in the freaking All-Star game again. It's just so many great things going on. You know why it is? Yeah, because we don't have to play the Dodgers. <laughs> we don't have to deal with that nonsensical. All the, but, no, I, the, I will say this about the Mets. C- congratulations. But if you are a Mets fan, if you are a Mets beat writer, did you really believe what you were saying? Like, I know you have to say certain things. But June? Oh, it's over. In May? Come on, man. On, with a team, now I get it. If we're talking about the Nats, talking about the Phillies, because the Nats, you know, they don't, no, no. Listen, no Strasburg, don't even talk about the Nats. They ain't got Strasburg pitching, and the Phillies, I get it, but come on, man. The Braves have dated, what, a couple of years like last year. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Still won the World Series. That tweet did not age well, <laughs> but, I, but Kevin, they have to do that. I get it. But, but one and a half games out. Whatever, with the teams you played, and I don't want to hear that. They didn't really play nobody. Uh, yes, they did. I just think that this Braves team is showing, dude, they got top to bottom. They can hurt you. Top to bottom, this team is dangerous. No, I mean, to, I mean, to that end, again, I just go back and look in in this series against the Nationals. Went to extras a couple of times. Uh, and you know, against the Cardinals, went to – who do you want to face right now if you're an opposing pitcher? Uh, and I say that in all honesty. If I'm an opposing pitcher, game on the line, who do I want stepping in that box? The silence is everything. Exactly. Who do you want? You know, I, I, because, okay. I, because I think, I, again, Austin Riley gets it done. Yep. We've seen Dansby come through in the club. Yep. Certainly Acuna has. Michael Harris has. You want Travis or no? Bet you don't. I, I mean, it's been a different guy seemingly, hey, is it my turn today? Okay. And they've embraced that role. Uh, now you come in. This is a big series. Yes, I'm interested to see how I'm interested to see Baseball how this Braves team because yes. they've been again they've been rolling along. Yes, 
Now this is a series that reminds me a lot of the Dodgers series. Not because of, you know, there's a former player who's kind of sucking a lot of the air out of the room in Freddie Freeman. No. It's a big series because now this feels like playoff baseball yes. in July. It's yes. not, but it's as close as you yes. can get. And again, if you're Major League Baseball, you got to love it. Relevant baseball in the month of July against two teams that have a nice rivalry going. Are they teams that don't like each other? No, but the, the trash talk uh, from the Mets fans has certainly been there. Braves not going to be oh, like ashamed it. to get I, 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 tra- I want the trash talk now. I, I want that's the trash fine. Talk. But you have a lot of fans who are going, hey, it, this thing was over. And now it is a game and a half. You've erased a ten and a half game lead, which is crazy over the course of a month. Yeah, it's you. I remember way we back. We say that like we say that like we, we no, say it is, ten but, half. But yeah. ben, remember, if, I, if you go back when they were ten and a half out, I said, ideally, the Braves you would like to eliminate one game a week if you could do that, right? And, and I said, if you could do one game in the standings a week, by the time you get to the All Star break, you would be three, four games out. So if they get swept, they'll be four and a half games out with a national series heading into the All Star break. But the, but here they are. They've done better than that, and you have made this thing very, very interesting. To me, the pressure is on the Mets. You get Scherzer back, and it, it, it doesn't get much better than, than Scherzer Freed tonight. Yes. You got Max v. Max. One's kind of is, a psych- is, is Max Freed already at 10? Who's already at 10 wins for the Braves? And Max has got nine. I think maybe. Somebody I, for the Braves already got 10. Kyle Wright, maybe. Yes, but, th- th- think about that. To me, that's what makes the Braves incredible. right? Kyle Wright has 10 wins. Max Freed has been incredible. Kevin, what you love about baseball is when people start saying, hey, man, why do you need to invest in the good teams? Look at how great they are. They're great. Like, the Mets knew we can't beat the Braves with our bats. Let's, let, let's beat them with our pitching. Okay. Scherzer, DeGrom, I, you can't. That might be the best. It's hard to say anybody's better than that tandem. It's hard. But what the Braves do is they understand this. DeGrom and Scherzer, yeah, they can't play the whole game. What do you mean? Can't pitch the whole game. Why is that important? Oh, they leave. It could get ugly. It could get ugly for anybody. But I think what the Braves want to show is, look, man, the Braves tend to do pretty well against elite pitching because elite pitchers, they trust they well, every pitcher needs to trust their stuff. But I think, Kevin, for me, it's like you're saying, the Braves are playing with a lot of confidence. And they can hurt you in so many ways from, look, man, the Braves go four runs without, without hitting a home run in the inning. But I do think that, the Mets, no matter what they say, the Mets went from driving down the street. The Braves were in the rear view. They way down the street. Now he said, I'm telling you what. Acuna is outside. Get nice. They in the same hotel as us, <laughs> but I told y'all. But I think that's what makes the Braves good. Every team needs something to aim at. Because if you out in first, Kevin, it's all about, I mean, let's maintain because they coming. No. It's much harder to catch a person. No, oh, let me say this. If I can see the person in front of me, I know why I'm, got, I know how hard I got to run, how much tougher I got to, you know, I got to, you know, uh, make this trek. But I think if anybody, the, the Braves have done it. And Snit, once again, listen, man, if you're looking for just cool, calm, collecting the post game press conference, just the Snit gonna be like, yeah, we playing really well. You can't tell <laughs> if the Braves are ten and a half down, one and a half down when it comes to Snit. Snit is talking about man, he got to, he got to win the World Series. I'm gonna bring him on my staff with All Star game. Cause Snit is saying, look. My job, I drive a Ferrari every day. People look at me on the road and go, look at this old dude in this Ferrari. But I drive it slow. But it's still a Ferrari. Meaning, if I need to hit the gas, I can hit it. I, I just like excuse me, I just like the approach of everybody. And baseball is the one sport. Every, you can have a – now, it ain't going to be a bunch of superstars, but guys can play like a superstar. Because we ain't even talking about what Michael Harris did the last couple of games. 
I mean, a couple of games ago, I said, have yourself a date. Michael Harris, dude. And Michael Harris is already starting to feel it, Kevin. Michael Harris been in the league, what? A month and a half? He's already dealing with it. Man, I kind of like Michael Harris when he first got called up. I thought he was home. Oh, yeah, I what saw that. What, I saw that what nonsense. are y'all talking about? God, I told you. Kevin is a traditionalist when it comes to baseball, depending on who it is. I saw that same tweet. That was that was like, a nonsense. Like, that was I thought uh, he was humble. So let me get this straight. You've never spoken to him. Yeah, you don't know him. Yeah, but yeah, man, he hitting home runs now. Man, he kind of the way he trotting around. The, hey, I, man, when you hit the ball the way he has hit a few, I'd probably watch it myself. But <laughs> look, I, I I don't. I again, I know he was like. I think that same tweet was like, yeah, he's kind of hogging balls now. I, I, I fine. I want my center fielder hogging balls. You know what that means? The other two guys don't. That means Ronald Acuna doesn't have to run around as much. Say it. That means whoever's playing left field doesn't have to do as much. Let him do. If I got Andrew Jones in center and I'm playing and I'm playing right field, oh man, I thought you had it because you got everything else out here. So you know it makes my job easier yeah. to have a guy like that. I, I, again, I think that's just ridiculous. People are going to be upset about ridiculous everything. nonsense, but uh, you know so much going into this series. The Braves also go out and get Robinson Cano, former Met from earlier this season. I went to the Padres, had not had a great season. Is he over his prime? Sure, I think he is. But this is kind of the uh, ingenious part of it. He played for the Mets. He's in the lineup tonight, Ben, playing mm-hmm. second base. Uh-huh. I think the Braves are looking just for something uh, at a second base right now. That's a luxury they have uh, because of the way the rest of the team's playing. You signed Robinson Cano. The Mets are paying, like, most of his salary. You're paying the minimum uh, to him. If he works out, Great. If he doesn't, it didn't really cost it's you kind, anything. It's kind of like a Joey Bat situation. Yeah. Of? Well, look, the Mets are paying. He he had twenty four million due to him this year. The Mets are paying that. The Braves pay the minimum. What's the major league minimum? What seven hundred fifty thousand? What they uh, uh, conferred uh, yeah, agreed doubled, to? In, yeah, he double so, dipping. So no, no, it's all one kind. But the, the Braves are they, and they play and they, and they pay that it, prorated, correct? Yeah. Probably, so yeah. so we're already past the halfway point. Yeah. So you're paying half. Of the major league minimum, so you're in it like three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, depending on uh, how the math works out. Which, as you know, Ben, on a major league's payroll, that's that ain't much. That's that's the Indians. That's that. Well, (laughs) if he's on the Indians, boy, he balls. But 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 that's not much. When you look at the bottom line, even for a team that doesn't spend, like the Pirates or somebody, four hundred thousand for half a season. That's that's not a lot to get upset about. If he works great, if he doesn't. I hope he does. Oh Great, but if he does, okay, Kevin. The Mets are paying okay, him so Kevin, if he to does, beat him. If he okay, now obviously he's there because Ozzy said we right. to come back. But this is a month gamble, in but, my opinion. If he if he can go out there and kind of show now, it's go, listen, it's gonna be vintage no matter what Robinson give you. If he can show some, you know, show some uh, show some fight, and when Ozzy comes back, DH, I mean, it's fine. Oh, my goodness. But I mean, that, I, I think that's one of those things you, you look at it to me and say if it works, great. If it doesn't. You're probably looking That's at when you know you're, you're, you're probably saying, but you're probably looking at a month and a half yeah. at the most, and Ozzy could come back in September, and off you go to the big. Isn't that the perfect gonna... sign of a, of a to be the perfect sign of a great team in baseball? Is you adding a guy like Robinson Cano? No, obviously his best days are behind him. That's fine. Sure, but you say, hey man, come on over here. We meaning look, cause Robinson, what? Uh, we want you, we want you to give us quality defense at second. What do you mean? What about the play? I mean. Yeah, I think you tell him the same thing you told Michael Harris. We don't need you. Oh my God! To come out here that and be. So, we don't need you to be an MVP. How better? How how great? How great of a time is it if? Because let's face it, if I'm a veteran, I'm on a team for different reasons, right? I'm not on the team, you know. You know, like 
even though it didn't work out. King Felix, it didn't work out. But he was on the team for a different reason when they brought him over here. They're trying to show young pitchers, man, this, we're trying to show you guys how to really understand. But I got that Robinson Cano. He said, look, man, they, this is what he said. Do you want to play? Yeah. Do you want to play? Yes. You know, I understand that Ozzy's out right now. All right. Yeah, don't stink it up a second. Hey, man, well, that thing, you know, you you know who you're going up against. Hey, and if you go yard, have yourself no, a day. Look, and I, I think that's the sign of a great team. I think, uh, again, you it's – look, we know what you have been able to do. Like I said, it's a it's an easy pitch to him. You're batting ninth, which he is batting ninth. We need you to play defense, and there's no pressure on you to hit. And by by no pressure, I don't – hey, we can't – you can't go 0 for 50. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no pressure for you to go out there and be the focus – of the offense, night in and night out, like when he was in Seattle. I think the Mets thought they were getting a big piece when they got him back. Padres, obviously, uh, he hadn't been doing much with the Padres. Braves saw an opportunity to do it and jump on it. Give Alex Anthopoulos a lot of credit. Uh, this guy has been able to find deals. He's been able to take chances. He's been able to bring guys in, and people forget. Uh, ben, uh, don't hold me to this, because how many times can you keep hitting it? But... There were moves made in July last year. You went out and got Eddie Rosario. Come on. Eddie Rosario was hitting like 210 and was on the disabled list when the Braves got him. You went out and got Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler was hitting under 200 with the Kansas City Royals. Under 200. Came to the Braves. As you said, Ben, got on an offense where it's like, dude, whatever you bring to the table is bonus to this thing. And he got hot and really played well. Even Jock Peterson was having a so-so year before the Braves brought him in, and he really finished strong. I think it's kind of the same way Alex Anthopoulos last year went out, looked, and it's like, here's a guy, Robinson Gano, has played at an all-star level in his past. Is he that now? No. Change the scenery, good lineup around him. Is this a guy that goes from waiting to get DFA'd by whatever team he plays on to if he can hit 240? That's a win. That's a That's a win. And if he can come in and play better than that, that's a huge win yeah. for a Braves team. And he was able to do it last year. I mean, at this point, you I, I look at whatever Alex Anthopoulos does, and I say, buddy, you oh, got he, he's you got the it. benefit of the yeah, doubt he's, there. He's, because, because, he, because I think the, perp, the perfect marriage with any with any guy in the front office, which a GM and your manager or your head coach is, is the head coach say or the manager say, I trust your decision. Meaning what? You bring him over to – because once again, I've been telling people when the culture is built – Put anybody in it. You don't, you don't think that matters. Matt Olson, come on. Rosario, come on. You know, uh, you know, Solaire, come on. Jack Peterson, come on. Because the culture is – Jack Peterson was like, dude, why y'all walking around here like y'all? I've been on bad teams. It don't look like this. And I think a guy like Robinson Cano, they're like, look, man, we are – what is it? What is it on Monday, dog? Monday, what they told David Justin? I'm not paying you for the player you, you were. I'm paying you for the what you got left. Come on this squad. You know – we are, we understand that you can play second base. We ain't you ain't here for your bat. Even though Robinson Cano has been an incredible player, has an incredible career, it's something to say this late in your career to still be wanted. Cause it's hard. Cause Kevin, you know, the phone gonna stop ringing for everybody. I don't sure. care who you are, but he's saying, "Hey man," he was probably like, "Yeah, y'all gonna yeah, all right." <laughs> so now he's there. We'll see. What, we'll see what he does. But I, I just think that this Braves team. I think from the outside looking in, there are 29 teams that look at this culture and say, dude, you saw what they did in June? Like, did you see that? And and the thing is, I still think, I'm going to keep saying it, the Braves haven't played their best. They have shown some incredible way, you know, incredible games, Kevin, but 
Because they did that in June without Acuna really mashing. Without, so I do think a guy like Cano can add, add some spark. Because obviously you need you know, some help right now and in the, the second base. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. And the ultimate comeuppance is if Cano has several RBI this series, the Mets are paying him to do that to them. So I'll never forget. I think that happened to, was it Dan Ugla? Braves got, gave him the huge money, got rid of him, had to trade him away. The Braves were still paying him. He was with San Francisco. San Francisco comes to town. Dan Ugla takes a yard, and, and you're going, we just paid him <laughs> to do that to us. That's a, that's a and double the the streak in, in Braves history is Dan Ugla. That's crazy. <laughs> Things you can't explain, but it's true. Uh, we got a lot to get to here on the show. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. Uh, we are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, Twitter and YouTube, YouTube, ESPN Coastal. You can go to our channel there and follow us along. Uh, second down, whatever we do, uh, live video uh, there, you can follow us there, ESPN Coastal on Twitter. We'll come back. All-Star Weekend coming up. A couple of several Braves are going. A couple are not. Kind of interesting. We'll get to that. Gora Vidak, Battery Power on SB Nation. Going to join us for talking Braves and Mets. Also, home team Brandon Leak. Going to break down this big week. Uh, for the Braves as the Mets come rolling into town. He'll do so in the final hour. We've got a little college football talk in there as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. It is three and out. A nice Monday to you. We know the All-Star Weekend coming up this week. Uh, you got Mondays, the Home Run Derby. A week from today, you got the All-Star Game. And, man, those unis look nice. Nice. Uh, I know Christian was talking about. He's like, I like it when they wear the. Old. I actually don't mind the. Hey, we're going to do something special just for the All Star Game. I mean, I get you want to see every. T- I I like the fact that every team is represented uh, in there, and some way you're like, hey, I like to to see it. But I do like doing something a little new, a little different uh, for the All Star uh, Game. Then, but the white and gold for the uh, the National League, the American League with black jerseys and gold. I actually like the National League jerseys better. So, like, if you look at Ben's hat on the stream, that would be, like, black, and the A would be gold. And so the Braves and the Tomahawk on the chest, all gold. I think a nice look for an all-star event. Again, I, I think there's a difference in doing that and going like, over the top and say, hey, we're going to have, you know, camo uniforms with 20 different colors on them, and these are going to be the National League ones. And then we're going to, like, no, just make them nice, simple, gold, hey, elite, Gold is clean. Gold usually has a prestige factor. You are the all-stars. Black get after gold. it, yeah. Yeah, get after it and go do it. I, 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 so I, I, like, I like the fact that they uh, kind of jazz it up a little bit. Braves got Acuna there, Max Freed there, Swanson, Contreras, Darno. I'm kind of surprised Contreras made it because he's a DH is what they put him in as. So kind of surprised. So basically both Braves catchers <laughs> made it. You got Dansby, Max Freed, and Ronald Acuna there. Kevin, first and foremost, I do agree with you. I, I do think the white – I think – look, white white and black to me is always going to be clean as long as you don't do too much to it. Like, don't don't make it something that's not. Ron Lacuna, when I, I saw him with the white, I was like, ooh, that white with the little trim and gold, it was nice. Ben's over there is like, take my money. You gotta yeah, get, get, now, like, now you got to get another hat. Oh, you already know. I said, God, bring it. But <laughs> at the same time, too, though, right? Uh, All right, honest question. How many Braves hats do you have? Because you got I, – uh, I've joked with you before. It's like you got them in every shade that's ever got, been created. I, uh, not to be – I probably – different variations of them, probably like, uh, probably like 70 different variations. But this is a funny thing, though. This is a funny so thing. you literally could wear a different hat yeah. for two months. Yeah. 
Uh, when I was in training camp uh, with Tampa. That's insane. Yeah, when I was in training camp with Tampa, I, yeah, they, they, I got certain <laughs> vices that just won't go away. There are certain things. Do you consider that a problem uh, at this point? No. It's well, all good. I would, I would say this. My, my, vices, my, my vices aren't, thank God it's not going to make me go bankrupt. You know, but, but what I do is, what I do is, you know, being a guy, you know, being a guy from the state of Georgia, I always being a Braves fan. No matter where I went, I always wear Braves hats. I don't do the New York, I don't do the Boston, I don't do that. So when I was uh, when I was with the Titans, and I used to wear Braves hats every day, and, and then your teammates noticed, like, do you like them hats? And I'm like, yeah, like that's what I wear. Like I don't wear that. People are like, you, do you wear a University of Florida hat? No. Why? Because I grew up a Braves fan. Like if I would never went to Florida, I would still have. And I think what happens is. These braids hats, they come in so many different variations, man. Some of them be not. I, like, I, like, I get, listen, I don't buy a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not a, I'm like my dad. I don't, most things, I just walk right by it. Beads, that's me. V-neck T-shirts, that's me, right? Cheap ones, by the way. Cheap. Three, four dollar T-shirts, that's me. <laughs> Braves hats, though, I'm like, whoo. Because what happens is, I said, just don't look at them. And you good. But, Kevin, they be nice, though. Are you getting the gold all-star oh, edition? Oh, oh, it's coming. See, see, Kevin, like, this is the thing. Like, Number one, I'm I'm doing it with a team that matters. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like if you walk around, you're opening yourself up to some jokes. Hey, listen. Is that why you don't wear the Florida hat? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that's why I, I mean, you know, to you Florida State fans out there talking trash, <laughs> y'all are in no position. But no, I will say the thing: the, Bra- the the Braves hat is very very recognizable. Now I have gotten a. This is crazy to me. Is that an Alabama hat? No. No, Kevin, please tell them the difference between a Braves A and an Alabama no, t- Crimson the, Tide the, A. The Alabama has a mullet. And if you're like, what are you talking about? Go look at it. The Atlanta Braves is just an A. Alabama has business in the front, party in the back. It's got the little mullet. There swoosh, it is. Cause, 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 uh, going on top. That one, listen, and I, if I lost a bet, I wouldn't wear Alabama <laughs> hat. But, no, uh, I do agree with what you were saying about the um, about the jerseys. It's real, real smooth. I see Mike Trout. With the black one on, I seen obviously Ronald Coon Jr. with the white one on. Black, black would go white with your white chim to go. I like it, but but the you know the mugs. I'm not gonna mention who I get my hats through, but I'm gonna have to highlight y'all. Yeah, I'm not saying I kept y'all business going. I'm just saying y'all got a lot of my money over the years. <laughs> if y'all just you know kick your boy some 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 you know give me some free ones that will help. But no, no but I but I will say with all the Braves that made it to the uh, All Star game, the fact that Ian Anderson went to bat for an Austin Riley. Neither Matt Olson or Freddie Free didn't get in. I think that's what make all star all star games, no matter who it is, incredible. We don't worry about who got it. We were, oh, you see so and so. It's all about it's always yeah. about the snubs, right? It's all about who didn't get in. And I mean Well the thing I the thing I don't understand, and and again, I I, I understand there's a lot of great players. Nolan Arenado's a great player for the Cardinals. I, I I get it. But how do you look at what Austin Riley's done this year for the Braves and not put him in? Uh, and again, I can I would say take Contreras out. Now I'm not trying to hate on him. He got, but literally, I look at the DH position and, and, and say you could put anybody there. It's an All Star game. Well, Austin Riley doesn't DH, so he can in this one. Like you know, it, to, to me, that's where you kind of oh he does you know, look what he has meant to the team, the level he has played at. I don't know how he didn't. I, I honestly don't know how he didn't make it. Like Dansby Swanson, no brainer. Should have been there. Oh, okay. You know Max, what I, yeah. I don't, Do you want me to tell you what? Well, again, look, I think the top, I mean, look, I think. Popularity? Uh, yeah, I understand. But Acuna, no problem. Leading vote getter, he was voted in. Max Fried, like, that's obviously a Brian Snicker thing going, hey, hey, I get to pick some of these pitchers. 
like Max Fried is nine and two. Like he's getting in. Dansby Swanson, second vote getter at shortstop, and it was apparently really, really close between him and Trey Turner. Like really, really close. So he makes. Darnoa Contreras, I could I could hear arguments either way. Contreras has been been good, been good in the DH role. To me, I, I would go to. Feel, is that the feel good story because him and his brother? You think of course, brother, I, I, gotcha. I think some of it is like he's had a good year as a DH. He's had some big moments, and hey, look, don't don't kid yourself. I mean, we won't narrow. Like, no, no, like, yeah, like, yeah. Snick gets a, a couple of choices here as the manager. Like the who gets voted in goes, and then Snick and uh, the manager's choices they can work on those. But yeah, I think there are storylines that networks are going. So him and his brother are going to be on the same all-star team. That is correct. Okay, you can't write scripts like that. That's good, right? Go for it. I just look at it from a pure production standpoint and what he has done on the field at third and at the plate, I will say. I would say defensively he's become a very good third baseman. I'm really surprised he didn't make it. I, I, I Again, after all the hullabaloo of Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman with the Dodgers, Matt Olson coming, neither one of them make it in the National League. I know Paul Goldsmith's having to – a uh, hell of a season there uh, at first base. The fact that neither one of those guys, and they, like, lead all first basemen and extra base hits, and I was like, neither one of those guys made it? That was kind of surprising. I, I mean, again, if they didn't, that's okay, but neither one of them, neither one of them made it? I thought that was kind of interesting, but to me, the most egregious one from a Brave standpoint, no Austin Riley. Yeah. I don't, I just don't see – I get it with Strider and Michael Harris. They haven't been in the big leagues long yeah. enough. I get, I, I get that. They're playing yeah. well, and how much of it is, hey, they've had a good two months versus – this guy, has, yeah, 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 this, yeah, these guys have had good seasons. I, I, I just, I can't get behind why why Austin Riley's not there, I, and I don't know why he's not. Somebody's gonna have to explain it to me because the dude has been unbelievable. And he's Austin, on pace for forty plus homers. Austin Riley, that, Austin, Austin Riley, once again, is is learning when it comes to baseball. When it comes to pro sports, the hardest thing to win is the benefit of the doubt. That is the hardest thing to do. You don't believe me? Ronald Acuna Jr. has been hurt this year, but Kevin. If Ronald Acuna Jr. had played in 10 games and he lead vote getter, no one's going to say a word because you know what he's going to do. Like, it ain't always. It, 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 I think Fernando Tatis was, like, third at shortstop, yes. and he hasn't played all season. So, so, so he I, hasn't played a single so, game. So, he was so, it just, so it just shows you that popularity is key. Sure. Like, who knows you around baseball, period, right? Austin Riley is a guy that said, look, man, I'm giving you production. Am I clutch? Yep. Yeah, I'm coming off a World Series and an – and a freaking MVP caliber season. I'm a part of the best baseball infield. But you know what Austin Riley is a benefit from? The hate around baseball that is given to the Braves. If you don't think other teams do not like them, oh, trust me, there are 29 teams that cannot stand the Braves. Not 28. Well, 28. Well, the Yankees, I was going to say, the, the Yankees, they probably hate them more than the Braves. Yeah, oh, well, well, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. No, 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 nobody. Nobody. Yeah, it's hated like the freaking evil empire is. <laughs> but but I but I but I think with a guy like Austin Riley, that's why he's good. He's like, look, dude, like Austin, like, but I thought I thought my numbers. Well, your numbers are supposed to be good. Look at the Pro Bowl. Look at who gets voted into the Pro Bowl compared to what they actually did in football. All pro teams, you you don't have to vote them in. The numbers going, but who gets voted in? A guy that's popular. Yeah, but they don't throw to him. Yeah, they do. It's just like it's always it's a popularity contest. So. Hopefully, Austin, and the more you win, the more they're going to hate it. The more you win, Austin, which well, Austin, I think it's just hard. I, I think it's hard does. to ignore what he's doing yeah, at, he's at, nice. at third base myself. But again, no, I'm sure he'll take a few days in Mississippi and he'll be just fine. But I mean, 
I just I saw that and I was like, I can't believe, as a reserve at least, he didn't he didn't make it the, the way he's having uh, a go of it at the plate. We got more on that as it's still to come. We'll hear from Gora Vidak, Battery Power on SB Nation coming up. Also, uh, we'll hear from home team Brandon Leak uh, talking Braves and Mets as they come in uh, for the first three days of this week. Huge series in the National League. He'll join us later on the show as well. But we're talking college football when we come back. A lot of decisions being made out there around college football. One commissioner is in an interesting spot. We'll talk about that next. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop, Braves and Mets coming up tonight. We'll get to more of that in just a little bit. But college football, Ben, we have media days coming up next week with the SEC. I think the ACC is towards the end of uh, next week. They're in Charlotte. And report out that the SEC, according to Matt Hayes, of uh, Every Day Should Be Saturday, I believe. Or Saturday's not Saturday. I'll look it up. Excuse me. He said the SEC wants to stay at 16 and not stop and, and stop expansion. That being said, it's Saturday's down south. I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Hayes is Saturday's down south. They're, they're good with where they're at. So if that's true, Big Ten wants to sit at 16. Notre Dame appears to be sitting for the moment, what does Jim Phillips, who is the ACC commissioner, what does he do to kind of keep his league together? They're in a tough TV deal. I think it runs to like 2036, 2037. Why you would agree that so, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's way out there. You have some stipulations on Notre Dame that they have to join your conference if they join one uh, before that time. But there's questions. Does Notre Dame want to be there? Or are they just using you? And you could make the argument both ways. Obviously, Notre Dame's using you for basketball, baseball, everything other than football, and they kind of tolerate you for football because there's a five-game deal that they agreed to. How do you keep te- and then how do you keep teams from getting the wandering eyes? I know the SEC said they were consent at 16, but Ben, I'm sure if I went back in the annals, I'm sure the SEC was content at 14 yep, before I, Texas and Oklahoma I came, came over. So. <laughs> so so there's a, a lot of situations that uh, people say, hey, in the moment when I said that, I was exactly uh, what I meant. And then new information came out, and we could make a lot more money. But if you're Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner, what do you do to try to make sure that you remain a a together league? And I don't want to say viable league because right now you are very viable. You have major universities from Miami to Boston all the way up and down the East Coast. So from uh, from that standpoint, you're you're done a good job. How do you keep that together? Well, Kevin, I mean, I, unfortunately, for Mr. Phillips, he's going to have to get Notre Dame to agree to to be a part of ACC in football because right now, people say are, Notre Dame isn't in the ACC. Yes, they are not in football. They're not like they can't agree to be in the ACC during the COVID year because they literally cannot do anything else. Get Notre Dame to agree to say, "Listen, you're there in every other sport." You got you got to be in the ACC. That 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 to me that would do wonders, right? Now, who's going to be that vaunted number sixteen team? Because no matter what, we're are you team, actively shopping number? I mean, you I, got, I, th- I think I football think you, wise, you got fourteen, yeah, and a half, yeah. So, are you actively shopping yes. to try to get to sixteen? But I mean, this is the thing. I think Mr. Phillips, he's not going to admit it to out loud, but he can say, "Look, all right, the SEC is setting the barometer. They 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 kind of setting they kind of setting everything else." everybody else. They're going to stick with 16. That kind of makes life better for us because 
We can't even get a team that's in the ACC to play in the ACC. The last thing we need to do is be trying to go out there and add what? Another, what, eight teams if we if they kept going. So the 16 is actually good for the ACC. Now, who's going to be number 16? Because, Kevin, this is the thing that the ACC has a problem with. Clemson is going to be good. And you got a big question mark after that. Because the thing about the SEC, that, that it never has to worry about, the good teams are going to be good. And the ones that are supposed to be good, they can have bad years, but I still got good ones. Highly wrecked, a.k.a. Alabama's going to be good every year. Even if Georgia, which they won't, have a tailspin, who's going to take that next mantle? The thing about the ACC, if Clemson isn't good, who's going to be the next one? And you don't know. You really, really don't. So I think a 16th team, I think adding Notre Dame would just be huge. That's like getting two teams if you can get them to agree to it. Who's going to be number 16? And, Kevin, once again, it ain't it ain't Mr. Phillips' fault. But he's going to have to say, come on, Cristobal. Come on, Norvell. Like, come on, Virginia Tech. Like, come on, Mac Brown. Like, I need you guys to be good. Because when you're good, all this goes away. Isn't it ironic that as long as the good teams are doing their part, you don't even hear about it? But when no, but when North Carolina, they had Sam Howell couldn't get it done. I mean, you talk about you talk about you know uh, teams like Florida State. Hey man, y'all a powerhouse. It just hasn't been that as of late. Mario Cristobal. Okay, I get it. You getting these big time recruits in. You got Ed Reed on the staff. You're no longer, you know, doing the things. You know that uh, that Manny Diaz did. You gotta win. You've been to freaking uh, Charlotte once. You went to a bowl game and got shut out. It's like, come on. So I think that for Mister Will, he's saying himself, Mister Phil, he's saying it behind the scenes. Dude, I need Notre Dame sure. to admit to to agree, and I need my good teams to be good. Now, if that happens, because Kevin, this is the thing about it is right. If the ACC just say, just say. Duke was really good, right? And Boston College and Wake and Pitt, they don't got the same, I don't know, flair. It's North Carolina. It's Miami. It's Florida State. And I will say this. I will say this. You know, if Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech can get the six wins this year, that would do because at the end of the day, it's about – how many teams are making bowl games in your conference? Because you're going to bowl games, who cares? Sure. Who cares? <clears throat> because I do think the ACC can – I mean, I think they can go out to do they get a – do they go to a – just to compete in, quote, SEC country? Because in the state of South Carolina, you got Clemson versus South Carolina, and Clemson going to get the, big, the, the best recruits. In the state of Florida, you got Florida, Florida State, and Miami. So that stuff matters. You got the whole state of North Carolina. You got, you got that whole state. Right? If you are – Mr. Phillips, do you say, do I go get Oklahoma State? Because they, Oklahoma State is a big enough draw, and that's as far out as I think you go. Only because you say, hey, man, do y'all want to stay in the Big 12? Whatever you call it that now. What is the Big 12 now? And I think that's as far out as they go. Because like you said, Kevin, it, it goes less about location. It's just a name, just the ACC. Like it's not location anymore. Because make no mistake about it now. Oh, you want some of, the AC, some of them ACCIs. Oh, you don't think that you want team – I want teams on this people in this part of the country to be looking at my football program. So I I don't think the ACC is in trouble. I don't think the ACC is in trouble like the Big Twelve is. Oh, well, I mean, I think the Pac twelve is in the most. But I mean, I I just look at it, if, I, if I'm if I'm Jim Phillips. To me, the the drawback you face is you need 
a couple of teams to contend. I mean, uh, uh, say what you want about Jim Harbaugh, but Ohio State always had Michigan to play off of, yes. and Penn State's been yes. relatively good. You need a couple of teams to really establish themselves that have big followings, big fan bases, to play better. And, and I think that's what. T- number two is, and I don't know how you fix this, because until something changes, they're not going to come back to the table, but you are locked into a long I mean, 20, 20, media, 20, 20, media rights deal. It, I mean, I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about the And it wasn't him that signed it. I mean, he's, is, there any, is there any way? Because, see, when it, when it comes to them, you know, when it comes to them TV deal, they look like, hey, sorry, bro, y'all, y'all signed it. That, that's like saying, I don't know, NFL, signing a 10-year, you know, uh, collective bargaining agreement. Well, it's just like there would have to be significant change in the in the league to get the TV networks to renegotiate. Like, obviously, the SEC can look at it and say, well, we're going to have Texas and Oklahoma coming in. When they come in, we're going to have to get a new deal. We're going to yep. get a new deal. Uh, why? Well, because we're bringing in two huge brands that are going to bring in value, i.e. View, more view, money. View, viewership. Oh, oh and. Yeah. Man, man, so, man. so if, if you're the ACC, where do you go for that? And I think that's the – that's because you could say, well, West Virginia's in the Big 12. They would save money not having to go to Texas all the time to play, and they're right there. But what does West Virginia bring you? They bring you a state. Yep. Okay, not one, not one that's going to be considered the biggest state. So it's like if you get a West Virginia, they have a massive following because they're the main university in that state, uh, you know, uh, along with Marshall, but they outweigh Marshall big time. But as Christian said with the SEC, if you're the AC, is West Virginia coming in worth $40, 50000000 million more no. to your conference? I don't know. So I think, like, who do you go get? I, 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 that's where, to me, that's why, the that's issue why, That's why I do think, Kevin, like, the one th- I can't say this. The one thing that the Big Ten, no, no, let me just stop saying the Big Ten. The one thing the Big Ten and the SEC, Missouri is nowhere in the, in the SEC, not even close. So, in a sense, geographic location has always kind of not really mattered. We just forget. Because the, I would say the bulk of our conference is over here, but we got you know we got a team out there. That's why I say Oklahoma State could help because Kevin, you talk about dollars, they're gonna generate dollars. You talk about viewership, they're gonna generate viewership. And I think that too is you always want to be close enough to your competition to kind of fill them. Hey man, they got Oklahoma, we got Oklahoma State. I get it. Now, I say that that's why that's why I'm in media, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I think the ACC is in a this. This is their line in the sand to say, okay, that TV deal is rough. But I can get if it was maybe 2030. 2036? It's a long ways How out. How many man. coaches? I mean, how old are the players in the ACC going to be in 2036? So I just think well, that's that, all. I mean, just, I mean, just to put it in perspective, that's 14 years from now. So. Kids who will be playing for you then wow. are what three years old, four, so four years, years old. So, so fourteen They're four years, years from old. Now, if, those, if, if you're currently in the ACC, yeah. just say your recruits you know, then can't write their name yet. How about that? <laughs> if you're eighteen in the ACC, twenty thirty six, you're being your early thirties. So, and once again, this is another thing, Kevin. Do you think college football is going to look like it looks now in twenty thirty six? It's not going to look no. like it look now in twenty twenty five when the college football playoff. I think that this comes down to, like you said, certain teams got to, got to, you know, certain teams got to live up to what their brand brand name is, and I think that is Miami, Florida State, North Carolina. We got more to come. Here it is, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out, Braves and Mets, huge opening part of the week uh, here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with those Mets. We'll talk with Gorov Vidak, Battery Power. On SB Nation about uh, this series, the home team, Brandon Leak, joins us coming up 
in the final hour, but it's Braves and Mets here to start it off. Braves game and a half out. It's going to be a fun couple of nights down there at uh, at Truist Park. We'll talk about that coming up in hour number two. Take three right around the corner as well. Love to hear from you on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live as well, ESPNCoastal.com, and live video streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to our YouTube page, ESPN Coastal, there on YouTube, and you can follow us along right there. Coming right back. Take three next. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Monday. I'm Kevin Thomas. He's been Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. We have got so much to get to. Girl, if you're not going to join us, it's Braves. It's Mets. It's going to be huge down at uh, Truist Park uh, coming up here. First part of this week, Braves are a game and a half out. This is huge. If you could be in first place going into the All-Star break, Ben, how looking back going, gotcha. Gotcha, Mets. I'm just, I'm just saving my trash talk because I'm go- it's coming. To you Mets fans out there, you know who you are. I'm coming for you, and I'm going to DM you behind. <laughs> so that being said, we'll talk to Gorov coming up in just a little bit. But first, let's take three here on 3 and Out. All right, Ben, take one. SEC Media Days start a week from today. If you could ask Greg Sankey one question. You get one. One question, what would it be? Mr. Sankey, Mr. Sankey, uh, yes, uh, no, no, Kevin Thomas. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're going to ask for me? Yeah, Kevin Thomas. Uh, Impersonating me. ESPN Coastal. I got to ask. With everything you've done as far as, like, you know, keeping these secrets, making sure that, you know, you guys are in a, you know, underneath bunker at some, you know, uh, at some, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, at some um, airport. I got to ask this when it comes to the SEC. During COVID, you were the one conference that stuck with your schedule. Believe the science, believe the doctors, believe the training staff, what may have you. You are the only conference that's had two, two teams playing the national championship in a three-year span. And now you're the first conference to go to 16 teams, adding Texas and Oklahoma in 2025. I got to ask, are you going to stay in the NCAA? Or if they do not, do a do a do a uh, college football playoff expansion? Will you separate from the NCAA? Because Kevin, I believe this. Greg Sankey, as easy going as he is, as humble as he is, right? Kevin, he's powerful and he knows he is. He knows. When you talk about golden gooses, how many do he have in his conference? I know he got two, but who? who but what I'm saying is. There are people, he and he's done this. When it comes to, I hate to give the Yankees any love, but the Yankees have achieved the love or hate relationship. There, there aren't many in between us when it comes to you either love them or you cannot stand them. That's how it is in the SEC. You either love the SEC because you root for the teams, went to those schools, or just love those teams, or you cannot stand the SEC. The SEC, I saw uh, Ryan Clark. Talking to Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson obviously went to USC, the Trojans. Now I'm going to pick 1996 NFL draft. Ryan Clark obviously went to LSU, and they got to talking. And I think Ryan Clark told Keyshawn Johnson, and Keyshawn was like, yeah, USC, they're going over to the Big Ten. Uh, Ryan Clark said, man, the SEC conference would, would what, beat the brakes, in a sense, off of any other conference. 
man, we would, man, we would dog walk y'all. <laughs> because what happens is, Kevin, you go from the team you represent to I represent the car. You do. The thing about Greg Sankey is, he's looking at Mr. Hancock like, why are you trying to act like you don't need me, bro? Like, why are you trying to act like? Here you go. Not, nothing against these other commissioners. They, Kevin Warren, they couldn't even. Kevin, do we really got to do this? You know, I, I, I think that. What has happened is he's only doing this now, Kevin, because he's getting his way. He's getting half of the pie when it comes to that money. But he wants an even bigger pie. I want all the money. So yeah. I would ask him, are you going to stick with the NCAA come 2025 if that contract is over and then they go from four to six when you thought it was going to be eight? Because, Kevin, you or know. 12, yeah. The more, the, if it goes to 12, you know it, what, six coming from sure. the SEC? Why would people go? Why was six? Well, four coming from the SEC now. They only got four, so that means that. So I just half think that, of them, yeah. So I would think that I would just ask him, Mr. Sankey, are you going to stay with the NCAA? You know, everybody's yeah. watching. Yeah, these are questions I would ask. That was a question I would ask if I knew I was going to get a truthful answer. But this would be honestly mine. I don't think I think I would get a politically correct answer. My question would be. Hey, SEC is the biggest, most powerful conference in college football. Do you look out for what's best for the SEC, or do you look out for what's best for college football? I think that would. I think that be because again, you will be fine. That's the way I. I think with the uh, with the great power comes great responsibility, right? I'm not faulting them for being good at their jobs and being good. My question is, are you looking out for the SEC, which is obviously your job? But as the biggest, most powerful entity out there, and some people say you are the most influential and powerful person in college athletics, are you looking out for the SEC? Or are you looking out for what's potentially also good for college football? Because I wonder about that. And maybe we, we talked about that with a, a source leak to say the SEC feels good about 16 and that's where they want to stay. Maybe that's what's good for college football for not going any further than that. But I would be interested to know his answer. Non-political correctness uh, answer. Uh, on that front. So that's what, that would be my one question to uh, Greg Sankey. All right, Ben, take two. NFL training camps opening pretty soon. Everybody likes to talk about who the best are. Who are the worst? Who are teams like, ouch, who are the bottom five teams in the NFL right now? Huh, people finna get are, mad Are you going to go me. in no particular order, or are you going to actually no, put no, them no, in? No, 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 people finna get mad at me. Okay, listen, people. Huh. <sighs> I got to put Jacksonville in the bottom five. Got to. You were the number one overall pick in back-to-back drafts. That's just show you how hard it is. Right? You won more games, but a back-to-back. I'm going to say Jacksonville. I'm going to say Detroit. I'm going to say Houston. <sighs> I'm going to say <laughs> the Jets. And I'm going to say the Giants. You know why? Because they were the first five picks in the 2022 draft. I'm going to tell you why it's easy to do this. So no improvement from any of those teams are still the worst. Okay. And, and no particular, because, Kevin, this is the thing, right? Even though the Jacksonville Jaguars had a bad culture, you got the, bad, you got the same players coming back. Like, I get the – Sort of. I mean, you've improved offensive line. You've improved wide receiver you, 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 you have. You have. Right? Those weren't the same guys. Travis Etienne. Not all of them. Anymore. Travis Etienne has not played in the NFL yet. So he don't we, – we expect That's him to my be point. a good player. But he hasn't played yet, right? Which means he got hurt in non-contact stuff. He thinks he get hit a lot. And he's probably going to be a bell cow. Um, when you start talking about Christian Kirk, he's never been a headliner. Right? Zay Jones, good player. 
Evan Ingram coming from a bad team, right? Because how many really, really good players didn't get re-signed by their teams? They get re-signed. I'm not saying you're a bad player. If you don't, if you don't price yourself out, they can't afford to pay you. Here's the thing, Kevin. Detroit because it's Detroit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking for it. But think about this. Think about this. How long has Detroit been bad? They've been bad a long – it's only two teams in the NFL that's going on 16. One of them is Detroit. Hold on, it's Cleveland, right? When you start talking about the Jets, I know Mr. Zach Wilson is making his rounds on Twitter these days, and if you haven't seen it, you might want to go check it out. I ain't finna get into not that. Not true, apparently. I'm not finna get into that. But, Kevin, once again, what do the Jets got to go off of, Right? A bunch, a bunch of players saying Zach Wilson has made a quantum leap from his first year. Well, that's what you're supposed to say. The Giants. My goodness. I mean, Daniel Jones. I know you're getting Saquon back. You were bad with Saquon. You were bad with him. Saquon, we know to say Saquon, he about to be out of there. He don't want no more parts of it. And I just think that sometimes when we get to talking about you know, these top five teams that's, you know, that's in it, people say, well, being, you know, like you said, Kevin, can they, can they, can they improve? From one year to the next, they can. But the NFL is rough because if you're improving, what are those people around you doing? And 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 one I'm and one I think is going to be the worst. I, it's going to be Houston. Look, the NFL is hard, extremely hard. The best teams have one thing in common: really, really good quarterback play. Trevor Lawrence, he got a shot to be good, but he throw the ball to the other team a lot. He had to take chances last year. He's going to have to take more chances this year. He had 17 picks. That's not that's the ones that were caught, not the ones that were dropped. He could have easily been in double digits. He could have been – I know I know. James was 30 for 30. He could have been 20 <laughs> for 20 when him. Zach Wilson, we'll see what he does. Daniel Jones, we'll see what he does. Jared Goff, I don't even know who the quarterback is for Houston. I don't even know. So one team I don't know who it is, Trevor Lawrence, I get they add, they gave him an incredible offensive line, add Travis Eaton, add Evan Ingram, add Zay Jones, you know, add uh, Christian Kirk. They don't they don't scare anybody. Because Kevin, this is the thing. Trevon Walker, I saw him out there when you know Robert Mathis out there getting it in. Yeah. Yeah, but Robert Mathis sticking his hand out, he's slapping it, stick his hand out, he's slapping it. Yeah, but what about when Robert Mathis go from 6'1 to 6'6? Go from 240 to 340. And gets 15 years younger. You see what I'm saying? So, all I'm saying, yeah, I, yeah. And, and then when you start talking about a Jets team, potential. Well, guess what the thing about potential, Kevin? You know, we all have it. None of us probably going to live up to it. And you got, obviously, you talk about, you know, uh, Detroit. And you talk about the Giants. But I, I think I'm, my top five in the 2022 NFL draft will be my bottom five in, uh, in the 2023 draft because uh, they don't wait on these quarterbacks no more. You don't think Houston going to be looking for any quarterbacks? You don't think you, Jared Goff? No, his time in Detroit is very limited. Trevor Lawrence gonna be fine, I think. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence gonna be fine. Zach, Zach, you know what? Uh, Zach gonna be fine. But Daniel Jones? Nope. Uh, Jared Goff? Nope. And Houston? Y'all have a huge problem. Huge. Yep. Big time. Big time. All right, moving on. Take three, Ben, and then uh, Gurav Vidak gonna join us coming up. We'll talk Braves baseball with him today. Is National Swimming pool day. All right. The pool or the ocean? Which do you prefer? Well, okay, we're gonna be in the heat. Either in, way, yeah. You're gonna be in the heat, right? You can't escape. But, but this is this comes down to one thing for me. Because it's, it's gonna happen with me. I'm gonna fall asleep out there. Where do I feel most comfortable? 
in a place to where they're right there. Get your behind back. Or so do you're, I worried, got- you're worried about your kids. Take them out of the equation. You can be at the pool or at the beach by yourself. No kids that you have to worry about. Oh, if I'm by myself, I'm at the beach. Okay, if I'm there by you go. Myself, That's what I'm saying. Because I get that breeze, baby. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> and if it starts, listen, listen. And if it starts, and this thing, Kevin, I'm more of a later in the day. People starting to pack up. You know, around about four, five people starting to pack up. Been out there a little while, then got their tan on. Yep. Sun ain't as, oh my God, still hot. Ain't, uh, then I can, listen, listen. And I, and I do the whole go in the water when you first get there or whatever. Hope to God nothing is swimming too close to the oh, shoreline. Oh, come on now. You know, and not, not, a, not a. Do you worry about getting bit by a shark? No, no, not a shark. Not a shark. I'm just anything. Oh, stick. What is that? <laughs> I'm just saying. But, but. I, that you, is the, you, that you, is the you, worst. Yeah, because, because. Kevin, Something just touched me. Cause Kevin, cause <laughs> I like. To, I appreciate the fact, Kevin, that we are all paranoid. You walk up. Because the thing is, if something does touch you, first you got to reach and see. Am I bleeding? Yeah. Okay. Then, but what is that? You know. So, but I worry more about like the jellyfish than I do but, anything. Yeah, else. but I, but I will say there is nothing like the beach. Like the beach is its own ambiance. If if you sit out there long enough, you get in your nice little chair, you out. You and it's the crazy part. No one's gonna bother you. No one's going to say, hey, sir, what? You okay? Yes. I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here <laughs> enjoying myself. Like, here you go. Count, count, counting the boats and the ships out there, counting the people. In the water. Yes, it is always going to be the ocean. Even if, you know, if you can see your feet, can't see your feet, calm down. It's fine. It's ocean water. Can't drink it anyway. Deal with it. Yeah. I've had more things touch my legs. What, what is that? Okay. Oh, it's just seaweed or whatever. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you do you get freaked out. You don't worry about that in the pool. I'm the ocean guy too. I like the ocean better than a pool. Pools are nice. Ocean's good as you said. You just go sit there and you want to talk about fall asleep. See, I have, shall we say, a fairer complexion. <laughs> ben would say you are white, <laughs> but but I haven't. So so I like to go and I, I'm one like it doesn't take much for me to get tanned up or burnt in this case. So I like to go. I hang out under the the tent or whatever. And I just sit there and, li- and feel the breeze blow and listen to the waves crash, and I'm done, right? I'm out. That's some, that's some good sleeping right there, Ben. No, that's no, all no, I'll no. say. So, so, that's so, why so, I like. so once again. You don't get that at so the Kevin, pool. Wait, okay, at the you pool, you hear, he's splashing me. Like, you don't get any well, of that. What, what, you can't what, hear any of that. So are you a morning person, mid, midday person, late, late, later after the I like afternoon? the afternoon. Yeah, midday yeah, I, to afternoon. Yeah, first thing in the morning, I can't do it. So, Kevin, it. so Kevin's like, look, I'm not going there early in the morning. I don't want to go out there, people setting up. Yeah, first thing in the morning, it's like, we're going to be here all day. Kevin's like, listen, give me something to sit under. Preferably. Listen, if there is any shade. Because I don't have to be out in the sun very long. I will get a tan. So that, I'm not looking, even worried about Kevin's that. Like, I'm Kevin going to get the grapefruit tan. Walk around looking like grapefruit. But over, you know, <laughs> her, like- the, have you seen the one video of the lady? I guess she fell asleep. And, and her, you know, She's I guess pain. her husband was her husband's like, uh, you're going to be wow. hurting later. Yeah. That, no, I can't. I, I do that very quickly. So, no, I'm, I'm definitely a beach guy. I don't stay out in the sun very long. Because it will be painful at the end of the day. We got more to come. We're talking, speaking of painful, I hope it's a painful trip to Atlanta for the Mets. We will talk to Gorov Vidak about that when we come back. It's three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. It is three and out on this Monday huge series in Atlanta today, tomorrow, and Wednesday afternoon. Braves and Mets. It has been trimmed down to a game and a half uh, lead for the Mets. The Braves just charging in the rearview mirror. And Jordan is here to talk about that and more from Battery Power on SB Nation. 
Gaurav Vidak joins us here on Three and Out. Uh, Gaurav, appreciate you coming on the show as always. Man, the uh, Michael Harris prediction continues to kill it as always. Thanks so much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, one-and-a-half game lead heading into a three-game series. It can't get any better than this, can it? Oh, absolutely not. You talk about Freed v. Scherzer. Uh, How much momentum do you think this Braves team is coming into this series with, and how do you think they treat this? I think we haven't really seen a series like this since maybe – Braves-Dodgers when you had all the Freeman hype. This feels like playoff baseball in July. A hundred percent it does. And, and luckily, you know, the Braves came off playing the Cardinals not too long ago. So they, they've been playing this caliber of talent, you know, throughout this stretch of play. Uh, but with, with these kind of playoff implications, you know, you know the division's right there. No one wants to have to go through the wild card. It's going to be an, an, just an absolutely electric uh, environment at Truist Park. Both teams are going to be wanting to win, and luckily, I would have to admit, I would have to say myself, I think the Braves do have a good amount of momentum. The, Mar- the, the Mets are coming off that, that four-game split with the Mets, or with the Marlins not too long ago, and you knew, uh, you guys know what the Braves did, so there's a lot to be excited about. Gordon, when you go back to what the Braves was able to do in June, I, I remember me and Kevin sitting here, and uh, we just talking about the fact that they could just go on a run, win a series, win two, win three in a row. To go back to what they did in the month of June, carrying it over to the month of July. I mean, how 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 dangerous did they prove they can they can have a chance to be in spite of not having Ronald Acuna Jr. play good baseball during that stretch? I mean, it's just like we talked about, even going back to last year. You knew the team when you look at the when you look at the roster is just filled with talent. It's up to them to be able to execute. Uh, Matt Olson went through that rough stretch, and now you look at his numbers, and he's absolutely in the thick of things. Uh, every single player seems to be really picking it up. You have rookies in Michael Harris and Spencer Strider cementing themselves not only you know as potential uh, long-term candidates, but they're there for the for, for the present. They're making an impact right now. They're two of the best, and they you know come the end of the season they'll be battling each other for rookie of the year it's just a lot of people have stepped up and and are starting to play to their potential right now Gaurav Vidak joining us SB Nation and and Gaurav you look at the Braves Alex Anthopoulos continues to be proactive he goes out and gets Robinson Cano now obviously this Robinson Cano is not the Robinson Cano of old but for essentially half of the major league minimum because that's all the season there is left I mean what kind of gamble was this for Alex Anthopoulos to take at this point? And apparently he's batting ninth and in the lineup tonight. Uh, it's, it's definitely something, one of those uh, trades you have to make that aren't exactly the sexiest things, but things that you need to do to help last an entire season. You know, you can't really expect someone like Phil Gosselin to, to produce at a, ma- at a major league average, you know, rate for a long time throughout the course of a season. And with Albies out, Braves, unfortunately, have to be able to, or the, the Braves have to rely on on a, on a hodgepodge of players to try and get that same level of production. So I, I applaud the move. Robinson Cano definitely is not the Robin, uh, Robinson Cano of old, but you just hope that he's able to provide just a, a, a slightly, you know, slightly below to league average bat and decent defense, and the Braves are, are going to welcomely take that kind of production from him. Gorov, I think I ask you this every time we have you on, the culture of the Braves. You talk about them being able to say they don't lack talent in any level from a starting pitching, bullpen, bad lineup, 
But the culture of this Braves team, the bring over, you get Matt Olson, you know, uh, you know, I mean, for a guy like Freddie Freeman. You talk about bringing in a guy like Robinson Cano, we'll see what happens with that. Rosario is just coming back from injury. Ozzy is out right now. Ronald Acuna Jr. has been playing better as of late, and they've been rolling. Talk about the culture that they have seemingly since Allison Thompson and Snead have been tied to the hip. It's, they, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind. I know a lot of people, including myself, have said, you know, challenging things of Brian Snitker in his tenure as, as head coach of the Atlanta Braves. But really one thing that you can never dispute is his, his absolute ownership of the clubhouse. You've never seen any kind of fighting within, within teammates. You know, these trades happen and, they, and these players automatically step in. Again, even rookies are able to hit the ground running with this team, and a lot of it, I imagine, has to go to the staff, has to go to Brian Snicker. These people have created a, an environment where everyone feels welcome and they're able to latch on with the team and get started right away. It's, it's something to, that absolutely needs to be applauded by everyone because the, the mere concept of having to juggle all these contracts, all these uh, personalities, and to do such a phenomenal job at it is something that isn't really spoken about from, from managers. And so I have to, like, it cannot be understated how valuable Brian Sicker is to this team. Well, before we talk more about uh, this series with the Mets, another move was made. Uh, the Braves basically pick up a draft pick uh, from uh, um, the Royals and send Drew Waters uh, away with a pitcher, uh, Andrew Hoffman, and they get the 35th pick uh, coming up in, in the draft. Obviously, that's the lifeblood of your farm system, which has been depleted with, I mean, you say depleted, it's because all of the, a lot of the guys are playing at the major league level, but you speak to a guy like Drew Waters, who people thought he and Christian Pache were going to be the two guys in the outfield for 15 years. Uh, Shay Longalier is your top prospect trade away. How, how do you feel Alex Anthopoulos has done balancing the, there are guys I'm not getting rid of versus I'm willing to part ways with guys that we once thought were going to be big-time players in this organization? I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love the trade that the Braves made earlier today as well. It allows it allows a couple of players to kind of move on, and CJ Alexander and, and Drew Waters, who both neither of them had a had a long term future within the organization. Uh, they also give away a really talented pitcher, pitching prospect named uh, Andrew Hoffman, who came out in the twelfth round. That's a bit of a of, of a bigger hit for the current farm system. But then what this deal allows the Braves to do is actually come draft time, they have more money, and they're able to sign higher-talented players that, you know, they may not have had the money to be able to sign due to the, the cap demands of the, of the draft. So this is a move that it looks like Anthopolis made for the future while also making a move for the exact for the present with Robinson Cano yesterday. So it's, it's really a, a marvelous job. Uh, Anthopolis has set up this team for success for the current, for the actual, the present, and now he's trying. It looks like he's trying to work on for the future. So it's it's the the upcoming draft is going to be exciting. It's it's like you said, the the farm system's a little depleted right now. So the Braves kind of have to hit on a majority of their picks, and this gives them a little more flexibility to do so. Dansby Swanson was the guy when the season first started. You can't even tell with him arguably playing it. Uh, the best at his position right now at the shortstop position. This time last year, we were saying the biggest offseason, uh, you know, transaction got to be Freddie Freeman. We 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 obviously end up see how that ended up. David Swanson is going to be a big time, 
you know, uh, situation for them to get locked up in the offseason. How close of a second is it going to be to re-sign, uh, you know, uh, a guy like Austin Riley? Ooh, that's also a really, really good question. Luckily, the Braves don't have to worry about it too, too soon. But, you know, you have Max Freed, Austin Riley. They, the Braves have a good amount of, of young talent that they're going to have to make it a priority to sign because these guys are performing at a very high level. Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm, I'm very interested to see how the Braves do move with Dansby Swanson because Dansby is playing himself into quite a bit of money. And, the, and this shortstop, you know, free agent class is extremely talented this year. So it, it's going to be an absolutely wild offseason. It's going to be an absolutely wild trade deadline. Uh, it's a fun time to be, a, to be a Braves fan, to say the very, very least. Gaurav Vidak joining us here. All right, Gaurav, to the series at present. Uh, the Mets come to town. How big mentally uh, is this series? There's a lot of baseball left to be played, obviously, but you've had people declaring this thing was over two months ago uh, when it was ten and a half games. It's a game and a half. I mean, if the Braves take two out of three and you're sitting here a half game out, I mean, how big is that mentally right before the All-Star break to essentially obliterate the entire advantage? I, I don't think it, that can be even remotely understated. Just the mere fact that uh, you take a ten-and-a-half game lead and you almost eliminate it in one month, and now you have a chance to take over sole position to first place after struggling so hard out the gate. This this strikes fear at not only the Mets, but a, but pretty much every team across the majors that the World Series defending champions, they look legit. They look like they're ready to go for this uh, forward in the second half. So... Uh, yeah, it's an, it's an extremely, extremely nerve-wracking series. I'm going to be on edge pretty much the next three, three days, but it's, it's amazing to be able to play, you know, such meaningful baseball in the month of July. Kudos to the Mets for making it fun. Oh, absolutely. And, again, they got to have somebody to chase every once in a while. But uh, you look at how this thing shakes out. Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, you mentioned. Gorov, we've seen so many. That's kind of the way I'm, I'm starting to feel about Baltimore a little bit, where you see teams – really put forth a surge, and then you get to, you know, the August and September. That's why people write off your starts in April and May a lot because it's like, hey, tell me what you're doing in August and September. Is there a fade factor involved here with this Braves team, guy like Spencer Schreider who's going to obliterate innings pitched? Michael Harris really starting to get deep into a long season playing center field the way he does. Is there a fade factor you're concerned about with some of the Braves guys that start to get into career maximums and things of that nature in terms of the amount of baseball they have played, or is there push-through with this roster? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question. Uh, some of it helps, especially as it pertains to Spencer, you know, with the, the, the mere possibility of a six-man rotation. Uh, this is the most innings he's pitched ever. Uh, he, he's sat a majority of college out. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Braves handle him over the next, you know, few starts. Really, how they handle him the rest of the year, because again, like you said, this is new, unfound, you know, experiences for him. So I'm, I'm interested in that. Uh, the Braves might, you know, leverage the, some of their arms and create a six-man rotation to ease some of those inning concerns, but it's something I'm going to be monitoring closely. And then when it comes to Michael Harris, the only thing you can really think of is just overall fatigue uh, and with, with the coaching staff, with the trainers in place, I think you can safely assume that outside of, you know, major league adjustments uh, to him, he should be fine the rest of the season. He should be fine playing almost every game. But it is important to make sure that they, they do get time off. 
And Gorov, when you think about this Braves team, I mean, you're talking, you got your, you got your superstar, National League uh, leading vote getter, and a guy in Ronald Queen Jr. You look at what Max Fried is doing. You look at what Danby Swanson is doing. You look at what Austin Riley is doing. You look at what the addition of Matt Olson is doing. You're gonna get, uh, you're gonna get, uh, you know, uh, Ozzy back at some time in the season. We ain't even talk about Mike Soroka. If the Braves can continue the way they've been playing, go back and do the unthinkable. Go back to back in the World Series. Are the is the MLB ready to, you know, to crown the Braves one of the it team, uh, you know, in these early in these early goings of the twenty of of twenty twenty two, because I get it. You got the, you got so many teams that the that quote the MLB would love to be the headliners. Is the MLB ready for the headliners to be coming out of the ATL? I don't think they are, but I totally am. It's a it's a team built for the present, for the future. The contracts have been well managed by Anthopolis as well, so they're not even in you know salary cap quote hell. Uh, they have money to spend coming this offseason to make the team even better. If the Braves go back and, and, and run it back this year, I think the league is on notice. The Braves are someone to mess with for the next six to eight years, potentially, and even more. Gravidak, our guest here, SB Nation, Braves and Mets coming up very, very soon. Scherzer and Freed doesn't get much better than that across Major League Baseball. Gurav, always a pleasure, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much for having me on. Gaurav Vidak joining us here on 3 and Out, Braves and Mets. And as you said, the Braves have been active uh, here the last 24 hours. We'll talk about that when we return. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here 3 and Out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, he has been true. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Home team, Brandon Lee, going to join us. We'll get the temperature of at the ATL getting ready for the Mets rolling into town tonight with Max Scherzer on the mound against Max Reed. So we'll talk more about that coming up in just a little bit. But Ben, we got our guy AC on the phone. He wanted to talk to you about those Detroit Lions. Jared Goff. AC, what's up? Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. How was your weekend? Hey, we're, we're doing fantastic. Perfect. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying some hot summer weather like AC is. Talk about the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. My dark horse, guys. Detroit Lions, they're going to make it to the NFC game. Well, with 12 wins, I believe they're going to have a bounce-back season. Jared Goff is going to play like the way he did back in Los Angeles, back with the Los Angeles Rams. But let's face it, I'm going to hang up by saying this. I highly doubt the Detroit Lions, they're going to choke a 25-point lead like your Atlanta Falcons did a few years back against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Everybody remembers that, right? Ooh, AC, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I will say this, though, AC. Look, number one, AC. I think you about dropped the microphone. I will say this, AC. I'm going to say this right now. If the Detroit Lions go from the second pick in the draft to make it the NFC Championship game, I'm buying you a three-piece suit and we're going to Vegas. I'm just telling that right now. <laughs> we are going. I'm going to be standing right behind you. I just need to cross your arms and turn your head slightly to the left. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm gonna say that. But AC, I pre- I don't know if you were. Uh, uh, well, AC, you said you were front runner. I guarantee you, wherever your Detroit Lions jersey is, <laughs> it is not coming out the closet this year. That that is not coming out. I'm just saying, you don't go from number two. I think uh, I think Joe Burrow got people going crazy. But I wanna, I wanna, I do wanna say this. Our own, you know, at LCB and Judah, yep. dedicated fan can. I appreciate you always listening, sir. You said, hey. Here's ready for at ESPN Coast, at Pigs and Radio, at hashtag three. And I know you guys are getting ready to take three. Yep. 
If y'all talk college football, can you share what most former D1 and other players do at the college with no NFL, CFL, XFL, and or even USFL? They get a job. <laughs> I mean, ain't no, and, 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 and look, and, come, and I'm going to say this. Coming from a person that didn't know because, look, I go high school, college, pro, I didn't realize that a lot of my teammates, former teammates, current teammates, what may have you, you got to get out there. And, Kevin, just imagine this. My athletic ability has always been my staying power since I was seven years old. And now I'm 21, 22, and I got to get out there. And they realize they pulled my resume and asking me questions. <laughs> and I'm saying stuff like, I mean, when we played against, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, 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 it's real life. And I think that that's what a lot of coaches try to tell us when we're playing. Hey, make sure this is the best years of your life because it's coming to an end. But everybody has this dream of, oh, man, I'm going pro. It's 130 Division I teams. It's like I can't even tell you how many teams that provide D1 football, G5, P5, NAIA, Division Division II, Division III, HBCU. And, and all of a sudden, it's over with. Hey, Coach. Did I get a combine invite? No. <laughs> hey, Coach, did I get invited to any uh, uh, postseason All Star games? No. Hey, Coach, uh, do I have a do I have a uh, do I have a binder full of agents? No. Really? You got? Do I got a pro day? Yes. Are they pulling me to the side? No. And Kevin, I was blessed. I got a chance to play in the National Football League, so mine was delayed. But when mine came to an end, guess what? Coach Shock don't know what I'm gonna do. And I walked away on my own terms. So it is scary. For those of you who had one dream your whole life, you got one big egg in one basket, and that egg is cracked, <laughs> and you didn't crack it. Yep. The person who's supposed to crack is supposed to be that NFL team. They're supposed to be over that skillet. Boom, hey, man, we buying what you selling. Then you next thing you know, you outside. Hey, man, y'all want this egg? Hell no. That's a big old egg. Where you get that egg from? <laughs> I, just, I just think, Kevin, make a great point. Kevin, man, it's, it's, it's scary, but it's reality. It is. And, Quote, I know I'm going to get the whole, it's easy for me to say. No, I walked away on my own terms. Just because I walked I walked away with no plan. Think about that. Walking, what you going to do, Ben? I don't know. So I will say that NIL deals, that's what makes them incredible. Because you get a chance to build brands for your future employer. What you mean employer, Ben? That means you are the employee. You are working for them. But walking out of college, being able to have an opportunity to provide for you. Because you are no longer your mama's baby. You, know, you need to get out your mama's house, get off your mama and daddy's insurance, get out your mama and daddy's house, learn how to struggle on your own so that when it comes time for you to have a family, you are built for this. I, and these are things that, I'm sorry, but they have to be said. For every Trevor Lawrence, there is a gazillion quarterbacks. Won't get drafted. And Kevin, think about this. The University of Georgia put 15 guys in the draft. 15 came from one school. Florida State had one. Miami had one or two players get these are some of the biggest teams in college football. So yes, I know the Rock, the USFL, and the CFL, and the NFL, and all in the NFL, and I mean Canadian football. And look, when it's over, I mean I'm gonna stay in shape. But do you work? Yeah, you need to get a job while you stay in shape. <laughs> that cell phone and and listen, you need a job now to pay for gas. Cause my goodness. So yes, okay, great, great question. It's it's a reality check that none of us want to really talk about. If they said what what's 130 times 85, Kevin? That's a lot more than 253. That's how many guys gonna get drafted. 
I'm going to be one of the 250 some guys to get drafted. Man, I only went the 30th pick, slap him in the face. What you mean I only? Did you get drafted? <laughs> but for everybody that gets drafted, you can do a documentary on how many people. And this what? After the 250-some guys get drafted, you still got to go to training camp. You still got to make the team. You still got to dress. You still got to perform. I'm telling you. So, so the reality of it is less than 1% of college go pro. You that less than 1%? Yeah. So you, so, so you can throw the ball like Trevor. You can, you can, you can, you can, you're a receiver like Cooper Cup. You can run. You can run the rock. You know. You can run the rock like uh. You know. Uh, like Derrick Henry. You can rush the pass like Von Miller. You are a liar. You cannot do all that. So, hey, I'm not the dream killer, but I will say. I mean, you're doing a pretty good job. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding with you, Kevin. My one of my former teammates. We just came out together. He didn't get drafted. While I'm with the Titans, I went to go visit him. Right. That's right? what I said. I went to go visit him. Never been to his house before. Went to go visit him. You know, he walked out of his parents' crib. You know, he was on the way to to work. He said, hey, man, you want to wait around until I get back from work? That's the reality. Got to get a job. Because guess who work in your house right now? Mom and daddy. What you going to do? <laughs> hey, mama, hey, mama, when you get back, you go, when I get back, you better be gone. What? <laughs> you better be going to fight. So it, it's, it's, it's the harsh reality, man. I, I pray that every single person dream do come true. But unfortunately, Kevin, just like in media, just like in any business, sure. we only got so many slots. I mean, I didn't realize the radio business was, it wasn't, I mean, because when you're in it, when you're not in it, it's like, oh, everybody in radio, Mm-mm, small, and these, and, uh, and man, what you do? I do radio. How long? As long as I can. <laughs> same like, these, as, these, you same as everybody else, You don't else, give right? these slots. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm going to do it for about five years. Again. No. So, to ask your question, you know, LZ Judah, it's, it's, it's a harsh reality. But, no, no, no. It's not a harsh reality. It is reality. It's not harsh because everybody else got to do it. So, some, some of us thought we was going to be doing it a lot later on in life, and next thing you know. Is that the draft over with? Yeah, it's over with. Age, age your phone work. My, your age your phone work. Your phone work. Listen, man, go get you a job. But what you mean go get a job? Like work? Yeah. Make money? Yeah, man. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know, you you your mama said the light bill is much higher when you there. Cause you're on that game all game. So hey, man, it's, it's it's rough. I'm just saying. You saw you saw you have your perfect mix of that. You're on that game all day. On that game. Get, get, I'm just kidding. I like I know that's uh it, look I. You have a unique story, uh, Ben, and I, I, I appreciate you saying that because, like, people say, well, "What do you mean when the dream? When I mean when the dream's over, it's over, right?" I mean, you have to go do what everybody else does. And for those of you, I'm gonna say, "Whoa!" And for those of you yeah. who say things like, "Man, I'm only gonna make a hundred thousand dollars," I got a fresh batch <laughs> of baby powder for you. Because Kevin, once again, our reality is so, it's so, yeah. it's just so jagged because we don't understand. Because everything has been prepared. You're getting the best of everything: best coaches, best facilities, best whatever. Yeah, dude, but that's why you're providing a service. Once you graduate, coaching, man, we are gonna miss you. All right, fellas, man, on the field. <laughs> I mean, Kevin, you know it's about the current crop. Yeah, it's almost like, man, we, man, we appreciate the contributions you made, man. But we got to go. Hey, man, listen, and they going to hit you with, hey, man, anything you need, just holler at me. And you can call them while you're on the bus. Hey, man. Whose number is this? <laughs> hey, man, listen, listen, listen. I'm just saying, you trying to coach? No, coach, I just need something. What you need? I need about it. Man, listen, man, I ain't got it. Yep. Rich people don't become rich from spending money. They come from saving money. We got we to gotta go. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out on this Monday. We'll hear from home team Brandon Leak when we come back. Also, some college football news. The SEC reportedly saying, hey, we're cool. We're cool at 16. We'll get you the latest on that. And, of course, Braves-Mets, as we said, could be the biggest 
uh, thing going. Good to have relevant big-time baseball been 20 seconds here in the month of July. Braves and Mets. Max and V-Max don't get much bigger than that. The Braves know what it is. The Mets know what it is. I think, Kevin, when you got this type of uh, atmosphere in July, it's great for baseball. It's great for sports. But Mets fans, we told y'all we're coming. We're going to see what <laughs> happens. We're going to see if y'all build for the big time. Yeah, 10 and a half. We were way back now. It's like the objects in the rearview mirror. Very close. There's an eyeball in that mirror now. So we are here. <laughs> <laughs> Home team Brandon Lee will join us when we come back. This is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network streaming live ESPN Coastal. .com. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Glad to have you along watching on YouTube, uh, ESPN Coastal there on YouTube, also Facebook and Twitter. We got the feed going there. We got audio feed, ESPNCoastal.com on the ESPN app. Uh, you can look us up there if you have the ESPN app. So, a bunch of ways you can follow along three and out here. Uh, each and every day, as well as all across the radio network. It is absolutely huge. Showdown coming up in Atlanta tonight. Joining us, I uh, hear the host of the locker room, 680 The Fan, home team. Brandon Leak joins us, home team. What is the, uh, man, what's the, the atmosphere? What's the lead up here to this one? Max v. Max tonight, a game and a half out of those uh, dastardly Mets, man. What's the ATL like leading up to this one? A buzz, a buzz, a buzz, fellas, after a sweep, a sweep, a sweep of the Nationals, and now the Braves are a game and a half back. Uh, big deficit they chopped into 10 and a half games back on June 1st, and here you are with the opportunity, everything goes your way, to be in first place when the Mets leave town or maybe first place when you finish up your final games against the Nationals later this week. Home team, when you think about what this Braves team were able to do in the month of June, you look at everything, they <clears throat> they had to get that momentum going, that confidence going. But ten and a half games back, I mean, I get it. When if, when we first go back to the month of June, I was like, okay, that's going to, you know, if they can get three and a half, maybe like four and a half, one and a half games back with the series getting ready to start, how much confidence and how much more dangerous is this Braves team going into the series? Oh, they're supremely confident, Ben. Um, they're a team that turned – a lot of things around. I mean, everybody had something going wrong when the season first started. The strikeouts were horrendous. Uh, batting averages were up and down all over the place, and they just couldn't find any consistency. The Mets got off to a really, really good start, and there you saw yourself down 10.5 games. You have to wonder if that thing had ballooned to 12.5 or 13, you know, if it would even be uh, a possibility for this team to come back. But the fact you kept it at 10.5, you turned things around last month, You've been winning at home and on the road, and basically it's, you know, a, a consistent team. Really good starting pitching from Max Fried and Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, and Spencer Strider, a fantastic bullpen, and then the offense turn around where everybody could be a dangerous individual at the plate. And home team, the thing that's amazed me uh, about the Braves last year and this year is how close you were uh, to teetering on that line of we're not going to be there. We're not going to contend. I mean, last year it was – Right after the All-Star break, people are going, I don't know, should we go for it or should we sell off and prepare for the future? They went for it, and look what happened. It seems like you said, you're 10 and a half, sitting there thinking, if this gets a game or two more, are we going to be able to come back? And might we need to uh, readdress a couple of things with the roster? It, it's funny how uh, it, it, it teeters at times on getting away from you, and this team has been able to, uh, to corral it back in. Yeah, collectively, Braves fans should have learned a lesson, all of us, um, in, in patience from last year with, you know, just the incredible ride 
after the trade deadline. And, you know, it was just really head-scratching earlier in the year when it was pretty much the same team, you know, less the guys who came in late. No Jorge Soler, no Jock Peterson. And, you know, Eddie Rosario got hurt earlier in the season. So, you know, a lot of the guys that provided some of the magic got hurt. But it was basically the same team. So I think we've all learned collectively patience. You have to wonder if the Braves were eight and a half or ten half games out right now at this point, what Alex Anthopoulos would be thinking with the trade deadline coming up at the end of the month. You know, what would he be positioning to make moves for next year? But now he's right there in the thick of it and has a chance now with the club he's assembled. And uh, even the, every move he's made, including the guys he's brought up, when you look at Michael Harris for second, they all have worked out. Now the Braves are right where you want to be in baseball, in position with the opportunity to control some of your fate. Home team, I mean, even sticking with uh, Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snick, I mean, when you think about, you know, the trust that has to happen with those two guys, I mean, obviously Alex Anthopoulos, I mean, he got to go out there and pick them, and then Snick got to go out there and manage them. A lot of times people don't talk about some of these organizations, they have turmoil with the guys as far as, like, those two gentlemen. Talk about what they've been able to do in a short amount of time. And let's face it, no one thought that Snick was going to succeed. And the, the front office that Snick, the front office that Alex Anthopoulos took over, people forget what he had to inherit to go Four straight seasons, NL East champions, and to look to go back-to-back World Series champs, people don't talk about enough about what those two gentlemen have been able to do since they've been at the helm. Yeah, it's just the right mix. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snitker are on one accord. I mean, Snit um, has been a very good stabilizer that when it's time for people to go crazy, crazy, he keeps everybody calm. You know that's the same thing in the clubhouse. And look, this team is not perfect. They still have base running situations to clean up they still have a couple of guys out of the bullpen that uh, show sometimes that things get dicey so it's not a perfect team but Alex Anthopoulos uh, his moves that he makes he's very very transparent you know with his manager they're able to be on the same page so there's no strife there and you're right a couple of years ago people were thinking how much longer could Brian Sticker be the manager is he too old should the Braves be looking for someone longer term to manage the Braves and he proved last year that he's definitely the right guy for the job he was the right guy for the start of this season that didn't go the way the Braves wanted. And he's the right guy now with the Braves a game and a half out with the Mets coming to town tonight. Home team, Brandon Lee joining us here, 680 The Fan in Atlanta. And home team, you, you mentioned uh, Alex Anthopoulos. Uh, again, Braves fans should just never doubt anything this guy seemingly does. You go out and get Robinson Cano. Is that prime Robinson Cano? No. But you essentially get him for, what, half? Because we're halfway through the season, half the major league minimum where if he helps you out, great. If he doesn't, it's not a huge gamble. And you brought in a couple of guys who were what? I think Jorge Soler was sub-200 when he showed up with the – hitting sub-200 when he showed up with the Braves. What do you kind of make of that Robinson Cano? Is it just simply, hey, you're bridging the gap until we can get Albies back, and for three dollars $400,000, whatever we get uh, is going to be a plus? That's exactly what it is. You know, Phil Goslin, you know, has done a, a decent job for what they needed him to do, and that's what guys have come up – from the minor leagues are supposed to do, be bridge gap pieces. The, the issue is, if you look at the Braves, it's pretty much an all-star team. But you're getting that first base, which you get from Dansby Swanson, at shortstop, third base in Austin Riley. you got two casters going to the all-star game. Cunha Jr. outright. Malcolm, Michael Harris cutting up you know, in center field. Duval and Rosario helping out in the outfield as well. The one spot where it, it may not like the others is second base, and that's just because of the injury to Ozzie Albee. So, yeah, it doesn't cost you much. He's well insulated with the pitching. 
with the other guy scoring. And look, he's 39, Robinson Cano. He still doesn't have his belly hanging over his belt buckle, so he can run the bases. He's a veteran. He knows that he would like to still play baseball for maybe a year or two more. So he's going to come in, give everything he has, and he's been inserted into the starting lineup tonight. So immediately, we'll see what he has left in the tank. And, Brandon, what does that say about this Braves team? When you talk about a guy like, uh, you know, like Robinson Cano, obviously he, he's they paying him for the baseball player <clears throat> that he is, not the baseball player he was. But people can see what goes on with the Braves. If you are on looking, whether you're on the other 29 teams, you see what goes on with the Braves. You see the fact that, man, we playing plug guys. You look at what Michael, Michael Harris get to come and say, hey, man, show us what you do defensively, and whatever you give us at the plate is a bonus. A guy like Austin Riley, who should be in the All-Star game, doesn't even get voted in. Ronald Cunha Jr., who hasn't even played his best, is, is the lead vote getter in the National League. Matt Olson, he's a double he's a double machine. Just talk about this coach that a guy like Robinson Cano get to come in and say, hey, we expect you to give us defensive, you know, I mean, a defensive presence and whatever you give us at the plate is a bonus. Most teams would ask Robinson Cano, hey, man, you're going to have to be an integral part. Talk about the team he's coming on with a Braves team that anybody can hurt you in this lineup, especially with, even with Robinson Cano batting, in, you know, uh, batting ninth. Robinson Cano cannot hurt you. Even if he doesn't bring up his batting average, he cannot hurt you. And it's just a, a position that is going to be hard to be filled with Ozzie Albies out you know, for a lot longer. So, I mean, I'm looking at it as you're adding a veteran. You get to see what he has left in the tank, and we were wowed by a bunch of guys who were a bunch of cast-offs last year, like we talked about earlier, and you just don't know. So if you get the opportunity to put a guy in a position where it's easier for him, he doesn't have a whole lot of pressure, and he doesn't have to worry about making a lot of mistakes, I think this is a perfect scenario for the Braves and Robinson Cano. Now, the issue is he comes in his first game as a Brave, facing Max Scherzer, uh, so there should be a whole lot of guys who might be grounding out and striking out tonight, really on both sides with Max Reed going, but it might not be the best matchup for Max Scherzer. The other side of that is, you know what, you see one of the best in the business, your first night as a Brave, it's only downhill or uphill from there when you talk about what's the rest of his Braves career. Hey, and whatever happens the next three nights, uh, home team, the Mets are paying him to do it, right? Exactly. You know, bottom line is uh, this is about the Braves and the Mets. This is about a rivalry. This is about, you know, whether or not the mental soul will be taken from the Mets and they end up getting swept. Um, It's going to be a fun three days, an interesting three games, and really good pitching, I think, the next three nights. So it should be fun for all the fans who bought a ticket to Truist Park. Absolutely. Home team, I wanted to get your thoughts on Obviously, for – Fans in Atlanta, this is a big deal. Uh, you know, the Mets have always been one of those teams. But when you talk about the game of baseball at large, so many people go, man, all you hear about is Red Sox-Yankees and, you know, Dodgers-Giants maybe a little bit. Is this a rivalry given Steve Cohen and his penchant to want to go out and spend whatever it takes against the Braves? Is this a rivalry that could develop more outside of Atlanta and Queens into a more nationwide type thing that gets a lot of eyeballs paying attention to it? I think the potential for that certainly exists when you're talking about any team from New York that is doing well and winning with enough star power. I mean, look, they got plenty of star power with DeGrom, with Scherzer, with Pete Alonzo. You know, they they have plenty of stars that they can market. And, you know, the Braves now have plenty of stars as well. But I think it also comes down to winning. Both teams having to win with the Braves winning four division titles in a row. The Braves make it five in a row and take the heart from these guys after they were up 10 and a half games, you know, you have to wonder what that does. A good rivalry has both sides winning sometime. And right now the Braves have completely owned the New York Mets. And Truist Park has been 
torture chamber for teams coming in of late. So it'll be interesting to see how the winning goes with these teams meeting a lot more times on the other side of the All-Star break. But I think both teams have to win, make things close, make things come down to the final two weeks of the season, and not having one team run away with it like the Braves have in order for it to be a nationwide rivalry for a lot of people to enjoy. And, Brandon, even when it comes to this Braves team, you talk – and we – look, four, four NL East titles in a row, winning the World Series – Kevin mentioned the team, you know, teams like I remember when you know the Giants and and the Dodgers were going back to back and forth for like the rivalry, but the Dodgers are a headlining team. The, the, I hate to give them credit, but the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees are a headliner as far as like MLB marketing them. Is MLB ready for the Braves if they do do the unthinkable and win back to back World Series? Is the MLB ready to you know make the Braves a headliner, not just one of the you know uh, best teams in uh, in the majors? They should be. I mean, especially if they have to run into the Dodgers again and beat them again. At some point, you know, there is cachet being in a Brave uniform. The Atlanta Braves won 14 division titles in a row and dominated baseball for a generation. Now they've set the tone as champions last year for a new generation. And, you know, much like the Yankees. Look, the Yankees are a, a, a brand name, but they haven't done a much much winning uh, in a long time, if the new team winning now is the Braves and they're knocking off the Dodgers and they're knocking off the Giants and they're knocking off the St. Louis Cardinals, yeah, Major League Baseball should take heed. So should the country and look at the great talent that Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Sticker have amassed to put together what could be something that lasts for a long time, at least a few years here in Atlanta, of being something fun and something winnable. Oh, certainly the uh, home team finally all-Star break coming up at the end of this weekend. Uh, how do you, I guess, come up with the idea that Austin Riley's not going to be in Los Angeles? Hey, I don't like it. Um, you know, certainly when you talk about deserving, look at him. He's got the second most home runs in the National League and his glove and the big hits and the moments that he's being able to provide. You could argue he is the best third baseman in the National League. You know, Manny Machado going in, he's a name brand. I think there are two things. One, People need to know you. In an exhibition game, people need to know you if they don't see you a lot and they don't know you a lot. They need to know who you are a lot. And the other thing is, it's an exhibition. You know, fans vote, and the votes come in for people who want to see who they want to see. And, you know, on one hand, it's a shaft for, you know, Austin Riley, who certainly has proven that he should be there. The other hand, Ronald Cunha Jr. has been in and out of the lineup. And he gets the most votes. So it's about what people want to see for an exhibition game. And I just hope that he gets the opportunity to show that uh, he is overlooked. Hopefully he becomes a little bit more noticeable as far as a household name the next couple of years. And he gets a chance maybe next year if he keeps doing to go get all-star. Home team Brandon Leak, our guest here on 3 and Out. Home team, always a pleasure. Thanks much. Anytime, fellas. Home team Brandon Leak, 680 The Fan, joining us is it is getting uh, ready to be on in Atlanta. Max Scherzer, Max Fried, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, you, you just can't. That is big-time matchup. Two teams that uh, certainly want to beat each other. Two fan bases that have been going back and forth with each other a lot. Ben, that always makes it fun. Ten and a half. It's now one and a half. We're not scared. That's what Mets fans are trying to say. Okay, I, I must say, anybody that knows what 28 to 3 feels like, that's what 10 and a half to one and a half feels like, especially if, they, if the Braves overtake. Uh, the Mets, because people thought that thing was out of control, out of hand, and it was over. Over. And here the Braves are, as he said, with a chance 
If not in this series, you go back and play the Nationals for four games after this before the All-Star break, who are in dead last. You got a chance to be in first place going to the All-Star break, and I think oh, two months ago nobody would have thought that. At all. The one thing the Braves are getting a chance to do is to create more doubt when it comes to the Braves and eliminate more doubt when it comes to themselves. Because, Kevin, look, 10 and a half games out in any – we said this division was going to be tough. We didn't see the, the Mets kind of getting out there as far as they did. But did the Mets peak too early? We don't know. I mean, you still got post-All-Star break. But, Kevin, you know nothing is going to make that doubt seep in more than the Braves can go ahead and, you know, potentially, you know, win this series or even sweep this series because the Nats team, like I said, I don't know what it is about Strasburg being in that lineup that makes that whole team better, but they kind of like, you know, they kind of said, look, man, we ain't really doing that much this year, but the Braves can only control what's in front of them. Truist is going to be rocking. Oh, yeah. Scherzer, free. I mean, look how quick, look how free has become a big-time name because last time I checked, free is telling Scherzer, hey, man, listen, man, I ain't, I ain't knocking you, man, but – I'm World Series yeah, match not, for not you backing right now. down from that. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. As, I mean, as he should. It should be a great series. We've got so much more to get to. We'll talk more about Braves and Mets coming up in just a little bit. But when we come back, maybe some news out of the SEC that might stabilize college football a little bit. We'll get to that. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back, Ben. Already taking in the pregame Robinson Cano photo ops, as home team said. No gut over the belt yet. For Robinson Cano. So we'll get to that coming up in just a uh, a little bit as the Braves and Mets in Truist. It's going to be a huge series uh, coming up there this week. But quickly, want to talk some college football, Ben. And Matt Hayes, Saturday's down south, saying he's got sources inside the SEC saying, we're good. We're good at 16. We're willing to stay. Not going to add schools just to add schools. Saw one source quoted uh, in an article saying, Who's going to bring us more money? Like, why would we even do that? So, at least according to, of course, they probably said they were good at 12. And as you said, Ben, when you played, they were good at 12. Then 14 looked good. And up until the moment, the the news came out that Texas and Oklahoma are going. I mean, the SEC was good at 14. How much of that do you believe that they're good of staying at 16? And do you believe it is now watching the Big Ten? If the Big Ten gets bigger, the SEC will do what it needs to do. <sighs> Well, number one, Kevin, I do think when you talk about uh, what the SEC is doing, saying they stand at 16, I think it does. When I know you, I know earlier you said if you had one question that has Greg Sankey, it would be, are you doing what's best for college football? And I think he is. I think he understands that, look, right now, <clears throat> 16 teams with a new TV deal means easily, easily $100 million per team. You know, 75 to $100 million. The more teams you add, the pie gets smaller. Like, we can't, we're not going to be, but. I think I think I think he's putting more pressure because he goes, all right, top to bottom, is your conference better than our conference? And, what? And, yeah. And, so I was just saying, somebody was quoted in that article and said, well, what if the Big Ten gets Notre Dame? He's like, we're still better than that. Exactly. Like, so like, I was like, now, now, now listen, I will say this: Notre Dame is Notre Dame is the is the is the is the domino. It is the one that's going to say, okay, whoever gets them is definitely. But the thing is, okay, this is what Notre Dame is saying: if we go to the Big Ten, and and just is 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 my Eight and four, better than a SEC eight and four, depending on because I get I, I know the Penn State, I I see the USC UCLA ain't helping, I know the Ohio State I know the Michigan, it's Iowa, it's Iowa, uh, it's an Iowa win better than you know an Auburn loss if I'm in the SEC. I, so all those things got to be weighed in, Kevin. But I I just think that <clears throat> Greg Sankey is saying, look, we made the biggest power move. What he's really saying is. Is Texas, Oklahoma not bigger than USC? USC and UCLA is current. Well, come on, man. 
if and I but I I think that for that for you know for these other teams these other conferences, sixteen is more than enough. Like I said, I was in the SEC when it was twelve. Now I was at fourteen. Now I was about to go sixteen. You talk about the Big Ten and what they're doing. When you t- I, I do think I do think Kevin, when you start talking about the ACC and the Big Twelve, the reason why I say ACC and Big Twelve, I think the Pac twelve is done. Not just even if they're able to add teams is. Dude, every team got to have a noticeable big dog in a sense to say, oh, yeah, who's your headliner? Utah? UW? Oregon? I don't think that's going to get it. I think that – now, I will say this, Kevin, once again, you're not kicking nobody out. That's not happening. I think that Notre Dame is probably saying that's probably why they're going to stay independent because they're saying, hey – if we're able to, because can we? If we can add value to any conference that we're in, we'll just pick the conferences that we choose to add value to each year. If we don't pick one, because the Big Ten ain't gonna do it. Like Notre Dame, and let's face it, this Notre Dame goes. Look, man, we kind of like picking our schedule because we're not beating the top teams. Why would I put myself in a conference to where I'm just another squad? Big Ten gonna do more for their reputation than the SEC would, even though they. I mean, for their reputation. Now, for the SEC's reputation, Notre Dame would be huge. But, yeah, Greg's saying he's saying he's staying at 16 because, Kevin, like well, you said. Well, what's Greg saying? It's just a source. So well, I don't know well, where it is, but, yeah. But it's the thing, Kevin. Once you start, okay, the 16 is in, even if, even if Vanderbilt is part of that 16, they're our usual they suspect, right? Who do you add that's not named Notre Dame that's going to add prestige that you're going to say, oh, because let's face it, UCLA, USC going to be, that was, oh, that was, that was pretty big. Yeah. Are there any – Big enough names out there to say, "Oh man, the SEC got," and that's the thing. Like, uh, the I mean, SEC I mean, honestly, some- and again, people look at it in terms of wins and losses. I would just look at it in terms of prestige, money that you bring to the table. I think North Carolina as a brand would be one. It is. Outside of that, I don't really because they're again a big state university, massive alumni base, um, and obviously people focus on the football, but obviously bring a lot to the table. Uh, across the board in other sports. And I think with the SEC, and this is what people don't understand, with the SEC behind it, you don't think North Carolina would recruit a little better? I mean, I, 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 that's... Uh, they, they, so, don't have, so, they, don't, they don't have a... They, they're going to benefit. They're like... Sure. It's, that's, my, that's my whole thing of, uh, you know, you look at... That was my whole argument of, oh, so-and-so thinks they could play in the SEC and win? Well, of course they could. You don't think that, you know, if so-and-so left the Big 12, and like that's what people say about... Texas and, Ar- and, and Oklahoma, when they say, oh, well, let's see how they do when they got to line up and play in the SEC every week. Okay, I'm sure they'll do just fine. Why? Because they have the money and resources to go out and get better players, better players than they've been getting. They will have the power of the SEC behind them. You don't think they're going to recruit differently? They're recruiting for what they got to face week to week in the Big 12. You don't think they're going to recruit differently when they go to the SEC? Of course they will. Uh, that, it's the same argument of, Oh, well, you know, Babe Ruth against today's competition. Yeah, I mean, you don't think he would have access to everything these guys have access to? So, so when people say that, it's like, oh, Ohio well, State. Well, but, I'd love to see Ohio State come to the SEC. But, they but, would be fine. It, it would, they would and, be fine. And the thing is, Kevin, once again, I'm sorry. If if the national championship was that important, right, why are we adding teams? Like, the SEC is already winning it. Sure. Why they add, it's what you said, Kevin. It's like this. Look, this is, this is, <clears throat> this is the game of Monopoly. The goal in the game of Monopoly is to take everything from you, all your real estate, all your money, to the yeah. point you go, sorry, you you ain't got it. That's to bargain with. Yeah. Greg Sankey's saying, I'm almost the most powerful. Yeah, we so got I'm hotels going, on all our properties. We need to go get some we, more. We took, okay, we, we, I just had to think of, they said the number one, the top, 
25 teams in college football. Texas, as far as like generating money, prestige, what's number one? Number one. Texas a was number two. Why? Oil money. Yeah. Alumni. So what, what is really going on is, hey, man, if I just put my roster, I ain't, we ain't played a game. You put your team together. Who looks more true? People going to say, dude, you, if they just walking in, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, what you take, take that away. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Venables, uh, uh, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, Billy Napier, Sam Pittman, and it just goes on and on and on. Look at the draft. SEC, SEC. So I think all, all this is is, hey, Ohio State, huge brand. Michigan, huge brand. Penn State, not the same. Michigan State, not the same. Yeah. But big brands. The, 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 the fact that Texas goes, hey, man, if you don't know anything about Texas, know this. The biggest brand, so to speak, in the NFL is Dallas. They're not the best team. Brand-wise, oh, you know that star. They kind of take on that model with the University of Texas. Hey, man, we want to be known. Now you got UT versus UT. Oh, look, I think people just sell, short sell, like, oh, well, because they're in the position they're in. They're playing in the Big 12. Big 12, you got to be able to score points. You don't need to play defense. you got to be able to score points. SEC, you got to be able to play defense. You don't think they're going to recruit differently to that? You don't think they're going to use that in recruits' homes to come steal guys who have not been going there and have been going to Texas A&M because it's – of course they are. And so I think when people get short-sighted about that, but uh, I think they'll be just fine when they get to the SEC. Of course they my, will. My, my question is, again, it's not so much who brings value to the table. It is wh- what direction at this point is college athletics going. Uh, because you could say I'm perfectly fine at 16. If you look out and see a weakened Pac-12, maybe a Big 12 that doesn't have the wow factor. they got a lot of teams that don't have the wow factor. And nope. an AC, if an ACC... Uh, is just kind of mired left over there, and they're not generating a lot of money, I think you look around and go, this model may not be able to support itself in terms of we're running away with it. The ACC, Big 12, and the Pac-12, we're just kind of leaving the die on the vine because their media deals, aren't, they're not going to financially be able to keep up. Might we add teams to expand and thus create, as you said, that's where everybody gets into the P2, the expansion. We're not the NCAA. We're going to run our own football situation and I think there's more money to be made, and I think that's maybe where we haven't gotten yet. Mm-hmm. But I believe for today, if you ask people in the SEC, are they happy with 16? Absolutely. Because most people who are crunching numbers on that level, not just forecast, but the ADs at schools are going, how much money are we going to get? Yes. I don't want to split it up anymore. Yes. How much? So I'm cool with where we're at because yes. I know what you're going to give me. Yes. You start asking other teams, I don't know that you're going to give me more money. So you don't, you, I, I, I think when you say, oh, we're good. And for those, and for those, and for those of you who don't, who, don't, who don't understand like that level of economics, most, and I'm going to use music, most solo artists used to be a part of a group. They used to be in <laughs> groups. But what happens is, what, what starts happening is one person, they start saying, they start yelling for one person more. Beyonce was in a group, right? But she's the one. Jay-Z was a part of Rock Nation. But they they screaming for one, and what happens is Kevin when it comes to when it comes to football you can switch it. Hey man, everybody in our group has to be a headliner. Vanderbilt ain't a headliner. Oh yes they are. Look at baseball. Yes they are. They ain't a headliner in football. They are the they one of the premier schools in baseball. So I I think that like you say Kevin a brand is how do I contribute to the collective, individually and collectively. So. That's, that's what the SEC is really saying. Everybody contributes, either through location, either through fan base, 
either through either through uh you know notoriety, visibility. Cause I'm sorry, big as far as brands, the best football brand in the in the country is Alabama. The best brand, oh that would be Texas. The money, cause at the end of the day, they don't make more money than us, right? So I I think that Greg Sankey is saying, look, I need all of it, because this is about programming. And Kevin, like I said, if you're just if you're just a casual fan, I just want to watch a football game. What are you gonna pick? Is it just just get the pre? Is it Ohio State, Michigan, right, or is it Florida, Georgia? Sure. Is it is it is it Texas, Oklahoma? Is it the Iron Bowl? Is it the Egg Bowl? And they're gonna be like, dude, because you start realizing, dude, a lot of these games are crazy. Because Texas, Oklahoma versus anybody in SEC right now is a big game. Sure, big game. So that's that's what it really comes down to. Who has the best programming? Shows shows on TV only get renewed when you get viewership. Sure. I mean, why why ain't no season two? Because season one was awful. Why is it a season <laughs> ten? Why was it a season ten? That's that means one, two, and three. They kept going up. So that's so what it is I control college football when I control programming, and I already got the best programming without those two. What do you think I'm gonna get, man? Greg oh, yeah. Sankey saying, "Look, man, running the it's, world. It's only gonna be crazy. Running the world, uh, Greg Sankey. I got the world by the tail. Apparently, we got uh, more to come here." It is three. Now, getting you ready for Mets Braves. It is going to be huge the next three days there at Truist Park. We'll get to that next here on Three and Out. Good to have you back here on Three and Out, Ben. We're leading you up to the Braves and the Mets. Max Scherzer against Max Reed, the Max Show, uh, coming up here tonight from Truist Park. Braves, a game and a half, a win tonight. And your half game out put the ultimate pressure there on the Mets, who, again, I don't care who you are, Ben, when you feel like you're way out in front and then all of a sudden that gap has been closed, there's some pressure to go, uh-oh, what's going on here? And I think the Braves, to their credit, it's become a meme now. What The, the, Bar- the Braves never lose. And seemingly they don't uh, right now. They've played really, really good baseball uh, here. And if you can get over on a guy like Max Scherzer tonight, and win when they've got their ace going. That's huge. That is huge. And to me, an opportunity for the Braves physically to go out and win, but mentally, as you said, that that lead has been obliterated, and here you are head-to-head, and you still can't beat them. I, I think that would be huge to have in your back pocket next three nights if you're able to come out and beat the Mets. The thing about the pros, Kevin, is that you have to always take into context when skill is, is the same across the board, it's a battle of wills. It's a battle of mentality. The thing about this Braves team, 10 and a half back, a lot of teams could have either just folded and said, hey, man, we're just going to play for the wild card. But if you are on this Braves team, you're saying, no, dude. Like, we like winning the NL East. We like winning and leaving no doubt. Because wild card means I don't control my own destiny. Now it's once a team that won their division get in, it's who's left. No, 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 no. We're not a part of that who's left. We've developed a mentality over the years. We've been we we've been the barometer the last four years. We don't want to go away from that. These guys has been on the team this first year. I mean, the Michael Harris Juniors of the world. I mean, you know, Rosario came at the trade deadline. You know, these guys saw, hey man, we play with a certain mentality on this team. And Kevin, once again, it's not like it's been easy the last four. Years. It ain't like it's been a runaway, right? It's come down to the last month of the season, but. Maybe that ten and a half games brought out the best in the Braves. Saying, "Look, dude, we put ourselves in this position, but this is a marathon. For these teams that's good at sprinting, you're not gonna beat us. Teams that's built for the long haul. The Braves are built for the long haul, and they're not built around one player. So I think that while the pressure is always good when it comes to pro sports, I'm not taking that away. Even bad teams have pressure on them to perform. 
the Braves can play loose. Not, not, not carefree, but they can play loose. Scherzer, the last thing Scherzer want is to watch these bats get hot. Cause you know, it seemed like it's 30 of them out there. The Braves get hot, <laughs> and depending on who it is, you listen, you would love for it to be one three. I'm just telling you that right now. Love it to be that. But I think Kevin. The whole Robinson Cano situation, I look at it totally different. Look, he has he doesn't have a lot left. So they like, look, man, we, we got to need a second base, right? Can you help us? Yeah. Right? And obviously it adds even more intrigue because of the team that just let him go. I get that part. But, Kevin, when you talk about Scherzer, DeGrom, some of the best in the business. But so is free. Like, it's almost like you can't put him like, yeah, Scherzer is the truth, but so is free. And we don't got to compare the two. Like, we don't got to say, it's free, Scherzer, no. But that's saying, that's most pitchers aren't Scherzer or DeGrom. But when you are the Braves, Snit is saying, hey, man, go out there with a playoff mentality, right? That's a team that's in the way. Yeah. That's a team that went out there and added Scherzer because they thought that he was the missing piece. He only can pitch every five days, right? Show them why you are young. Listen, you are young. You ain't a young Scherzer. You, you're, you're free. You, you know, and I, and I just think that what, this is a highlight game, Kevin, in July. People go win with so many games in baseball. Which one you gonna pick? If you ain't watching Braves Mets, you a hater. Cause I'm telling yeah. you, you're gonna miss out on some great baseball. But once again, Kevin, not I mean, watching them from afar is different when they're in front of you now. Scherzer, not here in front of you. <laughs> and you know he <laughs> you think Strider got some stuff. Yeah. Scherzer got some stuff. But I do think it brings out the breast in the Braves because the Braves pride themselves on playing quality baseball against teams that matter. Yeah, they beat up on the battles as they should. How do you play? You saw what you just did, you know, previous series. All right. Can you do it against a Mets team that, one, Kevin, like you said, you talking about building confidence going in. The Mets win this series. How much confidence is that giving to say, all right, they good when they're not playing us? Or are they just as good when they're not playing us and when they're playing us? Kevin, I'm telling you that if you go from one and a half to potentially going to the all-star break with the lead, whoo, then it's all right, Braves. <clears throat> We know y'all got endurance to catch somebody. Do you have the endurance to not be caught? Hey, man, that's what, make, that's what makes uh, July baseball important. It's hard to have a game that matters in July. But if you oh, these next three games are truest are going – the Kevin, these seats are going to be – I know – I hope it ain't oh, yeah. raining in ATL. But <clears throat> these it's are some – Hot Atlanta is going to be smoking <laughs> off that 285, you know, on Connected. I think it's going to be great. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a tremendous series again. It doesn't, it doesn't get any better, as you said. If, you're, if you can't get excited about Scherzer Freed – Tonight, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's going to be a, a tremendous matchup. Also, just uh, of note, uh, saw somebody note Ronald Acuna saying on his Instagram, Ben, that he is going to be in the Home Run Derby out in L.A. So we'll get a chance to see Acuna put on some uh, put on a power display out there in Los Angeles. Ronald Acuna Jr. is great for the game of baseball, Kevin, because well, he's he stealing all LeBron's moves. Why don't he tell LeBron to do the dunk yeah, contest? Ronald Acuna Jr., Understands that look, man. The only way my star power grows is when I share the spotlight. When you out there, when you out there, the home run derby, everybody's all eyes on you. Former greats, current greats, future greats, all the fans, and that's what you're paying for, right? Like the All Star Game is the one game to where you can't fake it. The, I mean, the pitchers can't take a little bit off. You know, they're gonna they're gonna make incredible. You know, it's gonna be incredible. But Ronald Acuna understands, Kevin. That spotlight, man. When you ran the home run derby in baseball, I mean, outside of you know notoriety. Peter Alonso is trying to go for the three P. Peter Alonso plays for the Mets. Peter Alonso hits the long ball. Fred, I mean, Ronald Acuna, man, you are a guy saying I appreciate the type of you are a competitor. Hey, man, I'm out here amongst the best, man. I ain't six five. I ain't six eight like 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 Judge. I ain't thick. 
like Pete Alonso. But I, but I can mash. So, I, Ron Lacuna, I'm happy that you play for them Braves. I'm happy that you're going to give us that home run derby. And to, the, to BJ Bennett, who will be back with us uh, soon, it is no curse. It is no curses. Calvin Johnson killed the Madden curse, Kevin, because I think that's the year he had broke the record, Jerry Rice's record. Ron Lacuna Jr. almost went 40-40 when he was in the home run derby. But, Kevin, if he wins that home run derby, I mean, it's already he already leading vote getter. Does that guarantee him in the 2023 All Star game? But we'll see. But Acuna, we appreciate go out there and do that thing because one, the, uh, like I said, the, the the most beautiful swing I've ever seen is Ken Griffey Jr. Ronald Acuna got a beautiful one, and if he's hitting the ones that's going to Hundo, if he gets a look, <laughs> that thing from the so, hey man, we'll we'll see what happens. But it's only going to add to 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 his already growing phenom legacy. Absolutely, they got a big uh, challenge in front of Braves and Mets. We'll get you set up for that. When we come back, it is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.